Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 500 of Film Bastards. Sorry. Mark Foster. (laughs) And as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, howdy. And yeah, yeah, it's episode 500. I mean, fucking fair play to us. Let's fucking say that. Um, so yeah, and and we've we've not planned this, but it has fallen quite nicely for us, hasn't it? That it's 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 kind of landed on Mission Impossible. Well, we didn't not plan it. We 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 strategically skipped a week. To yeah. be fair, yeah. we did actually. Yeah, so we did fucking plan it. I'm just yeah. lying. Um, was it episode four hundred Endgame as well? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. We're good at this. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, so that was 100 episodes ago. So really, that should be less than two years. I think it was 300. It might have been actually, yeah. It might have been actually, yeah. 400 feels like it might have been right in the fucking bowels of COVID. COVID yeah. oh, I'm fucking intrigued now. I'm going to look it up. You look it up whilst I tell our listeners what they can look forward to uh, in this episode. Oh, what, what the fuck? That wasn't a special one. Come on. It wasn't in the bowels of COVID. It was just starting to emerge slightly. But Cruella and A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, God, yeah. That, was that episode 400? Yeah. Wow. We fucked up there, didn't we? we? We're, 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 yeah, we, we, we fucked up there. We're, we're making up for it this week, uh, this time round. We have it's a bit of a Becky special, we decided last week. Yeah, it's the it Beckiest really week to ever Becky. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, and we have Insidious 5, basically, the Red Door. The Red Door. Yeah, so we've got those. Ooh, um, breaking news. Oh, is this is this, is this what's just come up on mine? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Hugh Edwards' wife has just <gasps> outed him. Oh. Oh. The new story that's been popular in British culture to keep us away from things that are actually important <laughs> has finally broken. Why has she done that? Well, I mean, probably because she, I mean, she, she could have a new conservatory because he, he was... I mean, yeah, him. yeah. God, Allegedly. is it just like Hell Hath No Fury, like a woman scorned or something? Fuck. Allegedly. <laughs> Let's not make 500th episode where we finally get sued. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's be honest, these allegations have come from the sun and the kids' lawyers denied it. It's all, there's a, there's, there's, there's something afoot. Uh, other, other, yeah, I mean, it looks, very much looks like maybe not criminality, but doing shit that Hugh Edwards should probably not be doing. Yeah, it's... Probably not illegal, but it's it certainly frowned upon. <laughs> I mean, he was the voice of quite a lot of royal coverage over the last few years. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it, there's there's farm there as well, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just wow, we. Yeah, all right, all right, like like the most famous fucking Welshman. Um. One of the most famous Welshmen in 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 the UK. Well done, my adopted homeland. <laughs> I mean, anyway, like I said, like I said, as it stands, it doesn't appear like he's done anything illegal. No, 
it was just it, god it was obviously it was him as well just he hasn't been on the news for a couple of weeks and he hasn't put out a statement saying it wasn't him and Vicky Darvish has literally accidentally said his name is a date on news really <laughs> yeah have you not seen it no she oh shit she starts saying you <laughs> and then stops BBC present a BBC presenter Hugh and and, uh, and then just continues talking. Anyway, yeah, sorry that it, it just that's very big news in the UK. Like for those outside the UK, um, you know the the news reader and like I say the voice of an awful lot of important national events. I mean, he announced the Queen died. Mm. <laughs> fuck's sake I don't know, I know, it's not like I'm a royalist or anything but fuck man they're going to want to redub the, all of that shit so fast <laughs> just Graham Norton redubbed over it yeah yeah I mean Ryland get Ryland to do it I uh, genuinely every time people mention this guy I, I do not know who he is is he the singe car guy yeah but right. I, I I had to I, check who Hugh Edwards was so I mean Mine's worse. It's it's always quite amusing when people like when normal people like talk to me about like stuff like British TV and bits like that, <laughs> or people and they're talking to me and I'm just nodding along to them and then they go, you know, and then they'll say something like, no, I don't know that person. <laughs> like really, how you know from blind? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You don't know who Stacey Solomon is, do you? Don't do not have a fucking clue. I don't know what she does. I just am aware of a big horsey face. Don't have a clue who she was. If she knocked on the door and said, Hi, Mark, I'm Stacey Solomon, I would go, Okay, I don't know why I'd lie about that, but maybe you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. There we are. I tend to stay out of the trivial things. (laughs) Uh, What else have we got? Well, we've got other bits. Trailers, news, what we've been up to. What we've been whooped to. Whooped to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. Did, did, we say, did we say we're doing Insidious the Red Door as well? I can't... Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, right. yeah we're doing, doing that bad boy. So, um, but before we get into news, before we get into news, should we tell the people a little story? If you want. Yeah. I don't know what you're So after to. last week's episode, me and Ian played detective, didn't we, Ian? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. And we decided that the secret screening... Oh, fuck. <laughs> that the secret screening that was across multiple chains on Saturday night. Saturday night, plum slot. Plum slot. So it was half seven chains. Cineworld. I believe it was half seven Audion. I believe the light um, had it's it like quarter past eight. Quarter past eight. And so we, were, me and Ian were like convinced going, it's fucking Mission Impossible, this. I was, to be fair, I was leading that. I I led you a merry dance, my friend. So, all leading up to it, everybody, pretty much online, was convinced that this was going to be <laughs> Mission Impossible. So Saturday night, we, we, we set off, didn't we? And we, we drove the half an hour to get to the cinema. Had a whole conversation about what, if it wasn't Mission Impossible, what we would and would not stay for. There was one movie we decided that we wouldn't stay for. Yep. So in a packed cinema, we sat there. It's ha- usually on secret cinema 
things or unlimited screenings. There's minimal amounts of trailers, isn't there? Mm. No, not this time. No, full fucking thirty minutes worth of trailers and adverts and everything like that. Sat there waiting for it, kind of being, you know, when you're in these secret cinema things, you're always listing out for what everyone's saying and everybody. I mean, the weird thing is, nobody else was saying that it um, that it was. Um, Mission Impossible, were they? <laughs> Everybody oh, seemed. A few people did were, you? Yeah. I, I, most I heard were people thinking it was Barbie, I was which, be which Barbie. was never going to be Barbie. And then, and then it happens. BBFC title card comes up. Joyride, <laughs> and I, I just burst out laughing, and the, we got up the one film. And got the fuck out. We were even going to say and sit through Turtles if it was that. I was, I was, I was happy for it to be Turtles. Yeah, same. Same. Yeah, that'd been great. Yeah, the thing is, I, I will watch Joyride. Not in the cinema. I, I'm not at first but watching the cinema. Uh, if there's nothing else out that week, I'll happily watch it. I will watch it on a Tuesday night on whatever streaming service that it comes on mm. to. Um, I will watch it there. But I didn't fancy giving up my Saturday night to it. Saturday night is prime real estate. Yeah. And I'm not giving up my Saturday night to a fucking shitty looking coming of age story yeah so we got up and we're walking out aren't we and a, a few people left after us but we were the we, us, we were the only people us to get one of the guy the bbfc card weren't we yeah we're the only guy. people to, to, to get out so we're walking out and the guy who the other guy who's got out turned around to look back at one point and i noticed I to that see if he was the only person to see if he was the only person there <laughs> and i thought I can't believe this. The only other person who's leaving is somebody I know. <laughs> and he's the <laughs> only person I know that lives in Hull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so what a complete way. I said a bit of a catch up with an old friend. Um, we've, we've booked a date, haven't we? And we booked a, we booked a date for, to, yeah, to go for something to eat, you know, and, some, and a bit of that to catch up. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah. So, yeah, that was random. <laughs> random <laughs> evening. Um, what's been happening in the museum? Uh, okay, um, well, the the writer's strike rumbles on and on. There was a report in Deadline uh, yesterday saying that the studios are basically minded to let it run on until writers just start losing their homes and shit. Um, like, they think, like, they're thinking, like, October, November. Um, it was interesting. I was reading... Um, like restaurants in, in like by the studios, like talking about how their their business has been suffering and how at first when the strikes were happening, loads of people were in like WGA t-shirts and stuff like that coming in, still ordering stuff. Now the the pickets have tailed off as you fucking know they would. Yeah. Um, all the folks who were there for one or two days to be photographed have fucked off. Um, and now the actors look like they're going to be striking as well. So Hollywood is going to grind to a halt and don't really know how long for. Um, so next year's movie product is probably going to suffer. Um, yeah, it, it will literally yeah. be things that are that are in post at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know... Guy Ritchie will be rushing to get the five movies that he's currently fucking filming finished. Yeah, quite. But I mean, like, Deadpool 3 fucking shooting with a script where they can't do any improv. You know, like, which is wild. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Like shit's getting postponed and and whatnot. And yeah, twenty twenty four is probably not going to be a banger year. Yeah, it's going to be one of those, isn't it? Like we had in two thousand and ten, I believe. I mean, yeah, Quantum Solace was oh eight. And that was all up oh, in like there. That. Must have been oh eight. But then we had oh nine, which was a double banger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all very depressing. But the the I don't know. The tides are turning, and I was listening to a podcast earlier on, and like there was a guy on there just arguing like teachers and nurses and whatnot probably deserve to be pay more paid more for the work they do and when they go on strike you get a lot of people giving giving them shit for it and yet the writers every, everybody's going yeah fair enough. i don't know i'm i'm really i'm i'm quite conflicted on it to be honest um i think it's... the fact that you, just the fact that you've got like a, a writer for a tv show also being an uber driver sounds very wrong Hmm. Very, very wrong. It's, but at this, a lot I, of it is to do with the the, the fact that um, the, the, the residuals that they get for streaming are so low in comparison that, that they yeah, get yeah. for for network. Like, and, I mean, I, I think it's it's something like close to like a twentieth. But it's just like if the nature of the business is changing. Ah, you know, if the income stream is changing because the the method of delivery is changing, I kind of feel like okay, roll with the punches. Then you know, but demand the more up front. Studios and making isn't changing. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose. I mean, just the whole. I think the streaming argument maybe does kind of blur that slightly, yeah. like. There, there is very little ancillary revenue for a Netflix film, mm. you know. Um, but but ne- that Netflix, the problem is, Netflix are the issue with the whole streaming service thing is it, it's very much becoming the snake eating its fucking own tail mm. at the moment. In the fact that it, it was a, a sense of when you had one or two companies making a lot of money and having to pay the licensing for x y and z then it it kind of made sense when you're then asking people to spend 10 pound per product you know on average 10 dollars 10 pounds whatever per product and you're wanting to go well before we had netflix and then maybe prime and it was costing me 20 quid a month now it's netflix prime whatever fucking Peacock and then Disney Plus, Paramount Plus and then the other ones that are all, whatever Warner decides to actually properly launch at some point. When you're having all those and it's gone from being 20 quid a month to being sort of pushing 80 quid a month and you're still looking at going, hang on a minute, but I still can't find a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. It's So the mm. idea is... It, it, when people say, oh, well, it works for music, it's like, yeah, because, uh, you know, you're on Apple Music and I'm, I'm on Spotify, so there's that, you know, there. But pretty much, we've got an content. instant access to 
a way higher percentage of of available music yeah. than you do movies based on your streaming services there. And the problem that Netflix have got is the there's no there's no historical product for people to get excited about. There's an argument there that all Disney have for a long time with Disney Plus was historical product. Mm, mm. And, and that was the issue. The, the issue that, that I personally have with Disney Plus is you're sat on an entire Paramount, um, turning up Paramount, Touchstone, and uh, Fox catalogue, and you, you, you're drip-feeding it. Mm. Uh, there's an element of, the element of right, you, you, you have got to keep me here and... The thing that you that you're saying to keep me here is you're going. Oh look, new fucking Marvel series. Yeah, don't care. Look, there's a new there's a new Star Wars series coming as well. Still, do not give a shit. Can't you just give me like a bunch of fucking old movies that I'm not out to pay seven ninety nine from on iTunes? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's to to be. I mean, my my instant answer to that would be. Get yourself a fucking VPN. Subscribe to the Criterion channel. Turn off the VPN. Once you are registered with the Criterion channel, you can fucking watch it from anywhere. Mm. Um, so, like, just as a, a a little pro tip there. And yeah, no, uh, I you know, I, but that's another subscription service I've got to pay for. Yeah, yeah, no, and yeah, you're right, you're right. I it just the the nature of the game is changing, and. Oh God, I, I sound so fucking corporate here, but it's true. The the the, the heads of the studios are, you know, they're they're not like studios that are just them anymore. They are part of massive corporations. You know, Columbia is Sony, and um, yeah, you know, Fox is fucking Disney, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, Netflix is a bit, you know, is actually actually a bit of an outlier there. Um, and what's their job? It's to increase shareholder value. Now, at the moment, the markets are reacting quite well to all of this because the studios are saving themselves a fuck ton of money. Like, Q2 profits for the studios are going to be fucking fantastic. So they've got zero incentive to do fucking anything right now. Ladies and gentlemen, capitalism. And... It, it it's yeah I there there are definitely bad though, guys here is, and they're not the writers. Is, but it's true, but also they are admitting at the same time that um, streaming retention and streaming um, new subscribers are going down. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, so and they, on but the, in the on short the term, books at the moment, the the biggest the, the reason why streaming. It, was so good for them. Uh, and the reason why they all want a bit, a bit of a pie is they have on the books a guaranteed amount of money that is coming in for a product at the time that already exists. And it is already there. And so they can go, why right, every month we are getting X based on Y subscribers. But the problem is, to, for them saying to shareholders, for going forward, it has to there has to be an increase. They can't say uh, to yeah. shareholders... Oh well, in our, our projection in twenty fifteen is that we're going to decrease by nine percent because shareholders yeah, but, will then go, wait, what the fuck? It's like, well, fucking, do you know what? But, it's but just when, harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know, but it's and, and I'm not. To be clear, I'm not condoning this in the slight and any of this in the slightest. But 
six months of not having to pay this shit and then at the end of that like dragging it out for so long that the writers then get less than what they were looking for oh it's, it's without it, question a tactic that they use it, yeah. yeah it's it's an absolute win-win for them so it's like I mean, it's kind of brutal because, like, the Writers Guild are stuck between a rock and a hard place, um, you know, because they, if, if basically right now the studio, like the studios, have them over a barrel, absolutely have them over a barrel, and nothing will happen until the studios want it to happen. Oh yeah, Film- that's it. The, Filmmaking, what a lovely business. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, there, there's an element of. There's the other element. Uh, I remember listening to a the British the podcast going back around about a decade ago, um, and and James Gray was on that um, filmmaker, and he was talking about the fact that um, that he he was having to uh, write textbooks. Uh, as a as a job, that his job, and he kept saying, "No filmmaker." And he, he he seemed quite bitter about it. it was like, "No, my job is I write textbooks," mm. because people, you know, people don't want to pay me to to make the movies I want to make. And Brady's nice very much kind of did say to him at one point because he clearly he kept bringing this up, and Brady's nice clearly got to the point where he was like, "Do you know what?" I'm going to call him on this a little bit. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about going down the line of doing one for them? And he was like, well, no, I wouldn't. I, 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 artistically, I can't, I, I can't make that work for myself. Yeah. And it, it, he was, was quite brutally honest and went, well, you know, it's like, he said, let me give you an example there. He said, Abel Ferrara lives in an apartment in New York that, you know that he, he rents for about twelve hundred dollars a month, mm. and Ridley Scott lives in homes all over the world. Yeah, and and and, 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 and that was kind of that was kind of it. There's an there's an element of, for instance, I I've got a friend. I'm using bunny ears on a podcast. Uh, who is a musician and constantly complains that he can't earn a living off it. And it's very much like, that's because people don't like you enough. That's not people's fault. That's It just isn't for you, mate. You're going to have to get a, 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 a real, again, bunny ears, job. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, this is the thing. It's like the film critic dream. And like, to, like going back through history, episode 500, why not? You know, like, I put paid to that quite sif- swiftly in the early 2010s, where it was like, it's gonna pay fuck all. I'd have to, I'd have to up sticks to London to probably make it work. Um, and you know what are my priorities right now? And they were like, and ah, uh, Donna, and and then Lottie when Lottie came uh, came along, you know. And it, it's it's just a part of me that's like, I don't think that the writer of Horrible Bosses Two is doing that because he has passion for Horrible Bosses Two. I'm sure there are many filmmakers who are do it, doing shit out of passion. Of course they are, but I it just it's the 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 thing that gets my goat is like the writers just pressing too hard on look what we're contributing to society. 
and it's just a bit yeah some of you are <laughs> yeah 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 i can see that there's, there's another that. the the issue there though that i have uh with that not even an issue that the fun little comment that i'd made there is that the the writers who write stuff like uh, for instance a horrible bosses too are actually probably contributing more to the entertainment industry than the guy who wrote Lamb, let's say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. the thing is, the guy who wrote Lamb will be considered. This is a. I'm having a go. I haven't watched Lamb. I purposely fit a movie that I haven't watched. Uh, there, he will be considered to be a an innovative and great writer. Whereas the guy who wrote Horrible Bosses 2 is probably considered to be a little bit of a hack, a jobbing hack <laughs> that is there. But the actual fact of the matter is that one of them is, is actually contributing to the entertainment industry and the other one wrote a story about a lamb. <laughs> this, this, yeah, Which I, might it, be a really good movie, by the way. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's just, it's a business it's all a business, and yes, it's a creative business, but it's a business. It's the, 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 there's the Michael Bay element of that, um, in in the sense of Michael Bay knows it's a business, and unashamedly knows it's a business. So he he's somebody who clearly loves watching like what what people would call real cinema but it's also like a sense of I, I, you know i love that and i love that element of it but also i love my fucking house in la it's fucking great and so so the, the fact is he probably would really like to make like little like more independent movies but he also wants to make a lot of money for the studios yeah i, yeah, I you know look we'll move on in a sec but it's basically it Noel said on WhatsApp about AI in the boy chat a couple of weeks back, like adapt or die. And I've, I've actually very much taken that to heart in work over the last couple of weeks where I myself, like in what I'm looking at focusing on in terms of like development and what I'm trying to like help my team with in terms of development is developing skill sets to work in a future where AI is going to be all up in our fucking industry and that we'll be able to survive and thrive you know and it's it it very cleanly is adapt or die and there's just a part of me with all of this that that is adapt or die about this the rules of the of that particular game have changed is it fair no yeah no it's not but you are not going to change change that like the, the the system in this particular fight what i would say to that is that if if the message there that's coming out of that is we should all just roll over and let fucking capitalism tickle our bellies then we're all the planet's fault yeah and it is we we need we need the writers to make the things like when even fucking charlie brooker is coming out and saying he was a bit worried, so we got Chat GPT to write mm, a Black Mirror mm-hmm. episode. And at first, he was a bit like, "This is all right, this." But then he was reading it, he was like, "Yeah, but it's, it's very just surface level." And like, you know, we, we need the writers; they need to be able to live on what they make. Oh if yeah, they yeah. Can't because they're just getting absolutely fucking rinsed by these corporations. 
then I'm sorry, we just kind of went watching fucking repeats of stuff on old movies. Yeah, 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 yeah and, and I, 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 absolutely, I'm, I'm on that side. I, I like, I'm just purely the demands. Like one I mentioned a couple of weeks back, that's really stuck in my head. Is talking about the minimum amount of writers in a writer's room for yeah. TV, and is, it with with any negotiations. or what you do is you overstate so that you can backtrack. But, to a but they're not at. backtracking on shit. No concessions have been made, and it's two over two months in. That's the issue. It, it was always going to go on a little bit too long. This one, I think. But I mean, like the studios are like apparently saying to deadline October November, like literally because it's like it. They want it like essentially. They kind of want it to hurt. They no. They want it to go on a fucking Q 3s balance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, and that, that that that's exactly it. Like I said earlier, it's a it's a win win, and I I hate saying that, but I you know I I, I I'm too I'm too old to think that that shit is particularly going to change, which is a really nihilistic point of view. But I'll be the dude at the end of Doctor Strange Love, fucking jumping on the bond and going yeehaw. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, but. I'll say this: my tune will change if it turns out the drive to survive has to stop filming because of it, but it doesn't at the moment because it's real. What's the drive so, to survive? The Formula One show I watch. Mm. Is it real? Yeah. <laughs> no, it, not it, really. No, not really. But there's drama, man. Daniel Ricardo is back. My fucking boy is back. A guy got shit canned out of a team. Daniel Ricciardo left McLaren last year, wanted to take a fucking break from Formula One because he was so stressed, but he's got the fucking bug again. And he's back with Alpha Tauri, the grid's shittest team. And I can't wait. Like, that's all the fucking drama I need right now, damn it. Yeah, you couldn't write it, but somebody probably did. (laughs) No, but it happened. No, no. I mean, that actually is real. Like, uh, this, this rookie driver got dumped on his ass. And Daniel Ricciardo has gone back to Red Bull's sister team three years after leaving Red Bull racing under a cloud. It's fucking beautiful. And that's all I'll talk about about Formula One this week. Uh, apart from the British Grand Prix was really, really good. Go Lando. There you go. I'm done. And fuck Calrissian. Yes, Lando Calrissian came second in the British Grand Prix this weekend. It was oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, trailers. Let's do fucking trailers. Corner office. Yeah. Because I'm a corporate fucking stooge. Um, This looks fuck. This looked like a funny or die thing. This isn't a film. Is it? Uh, If that film is more than 93 minutes long. (laughs) If that film is more than 62 minutes long, I think we're in trouble, to be honest. Yeah, it's... But the weird thing is, I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trailer's done quite well. It's an hour and 44 minutes. Nah, fuck. I I just hope that the room, the, the corner office room, is literally just a corner of the of, of like the office space. And he's just going there thinking it's a big fucking it room. Looks like, it yeah. looks like that might be the case. Yeah. The only thing that puts me off from that is Daniel Brody. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but he, we, have, we have to give him a chance to not just be fucking Arbed from the community. I just find him just, like, not a very 
watchable screen presence. I don't even really like him in Community. <laughs> no, I know. I know that, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, he might be good in this. Mm. <laughs> what else have we got? Sorry, I don't know why I did that. Um, oh, we've got a few. Godzilla minus one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if right. you call it a trailer. <laughs> right. Just... If the marketing campaign for that is, oh, Japan got fucked in World War Two, didn't it? Do you know what's going to fuck it even more? Yeah. Godzilla. I'm. <laughs> let's. Yeah. Sure. A- absolutely. Let's be weirdly horrible to Japan. <laughs> it, does, it does seem a little bit like that. Like they've gone. Ah oh, shit! How can this get any worse? And Godzilla's just gone. Hey guys. Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Um, it's barely a trailer, as Becky said, but this looks fucking amazing. Sorry, I just need to put my phone on charge. Let's go. Yeah, I'll, 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 the thing is, I saw that and I thought, at first like, fuck, have they made another Godzilla movie that we just don't know about <laughs> that I'm not going to watch? And then when I was, oh no, it's not, it's a, it's a proper, it's a proper Godzilla movie. Yeah. Um... And when it came up and said in theatres December, I thought, I fucking really hope it's in theatres in this country in December. Mm. I want to watch that at the cinema. <laughs> I really want to watch that at the cinema. Yep, yep, yep. Go on, what uh, else have we got? Okay. Uh, Medusa Deluxe. Um, sure. <sighs> um. Mm, mm, mm. No, <laughs> just no. It's it's an A24 and BFI co-production thing. Go on then. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be that. Yeah. Looks like it was like shot in four three. It looks like it was shot literally in like the back office of the BFI as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's kind of what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Um. People are going to bang on about it. It's going to be Little White Lies film of the month, and then it's going to disappear, it, and no yeah. one's ever going to talk about it, it. It's going to be movies free cinema ticket, and it's going to be because nobody yeah. can go and watch it because um, it's not actually playing anywhere outside of London. Um, we've got two none too furious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird because I remember, like, the prospect of watching the first one, I remember, like, back in the day, like, kind of, like, freaked me out. Yeah, you were properly freaked out about the yeah. Nun, weren't you? And then it, yeah. It, you rewatched it recently, Bex. Yeah. The Nun. It's not as bad as I remembered it being. No. It's fine. Spe- I can't say, spell's broken a bit for me, yeah? I don't think Valak's particularly scary. Valak? Isn't that... Oh, is that the name of the nun? Right, sorry. Yeah, okay. I just I just don't think it's... I mean, it is. There's there's bits in... And I, the, the nun features in various um, Conjuring movies as well, so I don't know whether it's from that one or whether it's from... It might be one of the Annabelle movies, actually. But anyway, there's one where, like, 
she comes out of a painting. That's I think there's a couple country. where she comes out of a painting. From a country one. Yeah. Um, and it's that's that's creepy. <laughs> I, I, it's I, the I, painting I, and then the lights go out and it, it looks like more 3D in the dark yeah. and then the lights come back on and then it's painting again. And Yeah, that's yeah. Conjuring 2, isn't it? Yeah, it's Conjuring 2. So, yeah. 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 But, I mean, I'll watch it because I'm a fucking sucker for these kind of things, but I'm not particularly excited for it. I, I think the most interesting bit of the trailer for me was when I go in, ooh, Tyson Farmiga's cut her hair. But then, yeah, you, but you mentioned Tyson Farming, and I'm like, God, she's she's she is just. I don't mind her. I think she's all right. But then I've probably seen her in more than than you. But I mean, she is Poundland Vera, though, isn't she? That's the thing. Like, she doesn't. Yeah. Like, Elle Fanning is not Poundland Dakota Fanning. No, she's probably she's probably got better than Dakota Fanning. Now. Yeah, like Teresa Farmiga is Poundland Vera. She's not really though. Like in this, she should have stayed well clear of the Conjuring universe because that is that is what is going to be leveled at her because she's in the same franchise as her sisters in. She's but she's really good in like the American Horror Story stuff. She's really good in that. Um, okay. I, I is it Final Girls? Final she's, Girl. She's fine. Yeah, she's alright. She's she's just a bit human night nurse for me. Okay. Um. Okay, we got Bob Marley, One Love. Maybe the most stoned trailer of all time. It, the thing about that, about the Bob Marley one, is it's a Bob Marley biopic that is produced by all of his children. <laughs> all of them? Yeah. Out of thousands of them? There's seven, I believe. The, the credits are going to be like those extended Lord of the Rings credits where it fuck, fucking thanked every member of like the One Ring.net or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. It, was it 13, 16 minutes, was it? Yeah, but it's just going to be all of his kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 I don't know, with the Bob Marley one, it's a little bit like... It's a weird one, Bob Marley. Bob Marley seems to be really important to people in Jamaica and white people who like weed who live outside of Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not sure how much traction there is for a Bob Marley biopic. No. Um, the retirement plan. Yes, please. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I will take that, please. Thank you. That looks yeah. fucking ace. Yeah, that feels like a real fucking watch that on the sofa on a Thursday, Friday night kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, just seeing when when is it out? Probably next week on VOD or something. That yeah. Um, what else have we got? What else have we got? Uh, I got two bigger ones left, I think. So if you guys have got any more, I think that's yeah, just two left ourselves as well, yeah. So um, yes, we have uh, we have Wonka, um, and I'm going to remember to cut in here a little bit of recording I did with Lottie. And uh, maybe slightly reticent to be on microphone, Donna, about Wonka. So, yeah, lots. Um, it's been 500 episodes, the podcast that I do with Mark and Becky. Yeah. 
Yeah. And do you remember being on the podcast? Sometimes. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, Detective Pikachu came out? Yes, I remember that. And you remember doing doing a little bit of recording with me? Yeah. You do? A little bit. Oh, that's nice. I only remember the like, photographic library. So. Sorry? Oh, which one? That's the Detective Pikachu. Uh, yeah. Do you feel anything on your... I, I do, because uh, <laughs> Kiki is currently licking my hand. Now, um, Lots, I just showed you the trailer for Wonka. Yeah. Right, which is a prequel to a film that you've never seen. Mm. All right, and um, I might show it to you one day. But... Well, Willy Wonka, wouldn't it be? Yeah, like... yeah. We, uh, well, actually, the... Ah! Oh, yep. The film was called uh, Charlie, and the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, it wasn't. It was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You're right. And then the Tim Burton one was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So, lots. I just showed you that trailer. It's kind of like targeted at kids your age. And by the end of it, you were like trying to get out of the room. What did you think of, of that trailer? Well, I didn't see much of it because I was obviously trying to check on my bath. You, you were trying to what? Check on my bath. Check on your bath? Yeah. Oh. Do you want to stop your bath and maybe have another crack at it? Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a bit. Okay, so uh, we just watched the trailer again. Donna, just just, just say what you, what you just said then. And let me turn the TV off. Can't turn the TV off. This is chaos. It's chaos. There really is chaos. Where's where is the remote? I'm gonna leave this in. Hang on up. Something. Okay. Denny. Nope. You liked Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa, didn't you, Don? Yeah. What? No, you wanted. You, that was what you said. You want to see Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. Why? What did I say wrong? No, no, no. That, it, it, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah? Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> okay. What, what, uh, what, is that a film that you think we would uh, watch as a family at Christmas time? I guess, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Lots. What? Okay, so that film is designed as like the bit a big family film for Christmas, right? Yes. Would you go watch that film? Mama. Maybe. So I'm going into my teenage phase now. You're going into your teenage phase now. It's just this wild. When we started this podcast, you were like a year away from being born. And now you're talking about going into your teenage phase. How old are you? Ten. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, He's got his mind stuff. But <laughs> did did that film look okay? Yeah. Did it look like it was kind of made for someone of your age? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, kinda. Okay. Yeah, just I'm intrigued now. In what ways did it? Did it not? It was just like, it was a bit like, uh, how do I say this? Like, it was a bit like how children my age are normally like animations. You 
don't know. What, they usually like anim- animated films? Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, it's normal. That's why I got a bit confused. But it's obviously a bit animated, because everything I'll be filmed with. You're not just going to have people stabbing each other. Well. In real life. No, no. But, I mean, like, there's a difference between animation and, like, um, using kind of, like, fake knives and, like, fake blood and stuff like that. What about fake crocodile standing up? Fake crocodile standing up? Yeah. What, like, Lyle Lyle Crocodile? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was computer animated. To be fair. Or did they pray the crocodile to stand up and sing? Ah, but <laughs> do you know what James Bond once did? What? They had a stunt actor jump across alligators or crocodiles. I can't remember, and they were real ones. And they got no Kiki. They got a stunt man to go bump, 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 bump. What? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you after this, right? But, so, it was okay, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Okay, all right. And you would watch that film with pizza coming afterwards? Yes. Yes, okay. Thank you very much, family. Also, Daddy? Yes. It looked like he was the first man to invent chocolate. Sorry? It looked like he was the first man to invent chocolate. He's not the first man to invent chocolate, but I think it's like inventing, like, wild flavours and stuff like that. Okay. So and um, yeah, five hundred episodes of the podcast. Have you have you anything to to say about that? Uh, how many did you do per? Did you just do one per week or? Uh yeah yeah yeah. That makes sense yeah. Yeah. I'm nearly, I'm nearly eleven. <laughs> She's got a massive smile on her face. Are you gonna say what age I actually am? You're nine. Alright, okay, alright, bye bye. I'm not eight, I'm nine. Okay, good. Alright, thanks, Lars, good job. <laughs> what, what do you think of it, Ian? Um, I mean, it's from Paul King. He did the Paddingtons. So, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it'll be all right to take lots to at Christmas. Um, I don't think it looks fun enough to take kids. Nah, not particularly. The origin story no one fucking needed or asked for or wants. I just, no, it looks, it's a film about Willy Wonka becoming the Willy Wonka that we know, but it looks like it lacks whimsy. Like there's a bit where they fly, some stuff glows. It just it just looks unfun. Uh, um, uh, Hugh Grant as uh, Umpa Lumpa, the the role he was born to play. Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. I, I Got to be weird, honest. I read a weird quote from Hawking about that when he was saying that you're like, oh, the CG. Yeah, it looks bad. It looks bad until you realise that it doesn't look bad. It looks really good. Cool. I just don't I don't like this kind of trend of taking beloved things from a go and making them a bit snide. Like Hugh Grant being a sarcastic, kinda nasty umpa lumper, I, I just don't need Oompa it. Umpa lumpers were quite nasty anyway, were they? No, they just sing. 
The thing is, I don't care about any of the Willy Wonka things. I've never been entertained by any of it. No. And they don't really like Roald Dahl, so... I mean, the book is... is, is if you take all the Roald dahl and his problems as him, as a person, the books, some of the books are really good, and Willy Wonka, well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of them. Fine. But I just... I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want or need it. And if I want to watch a Willy Wonka property, I'll just watch the Gene Wilder one. So it's not going to affect me in any way. It's just, I don't understand the point. These, I will go and see it because I think I had the same opinions about Paddington. And I really enjoyed Paddington. Mm. And Charlemagne looks really up for it. And he's usually pretty good in stuff. Yeah. What I would say this, if it was Tom Holland, I probably wouldn't want to go and see it. And I have nothing against Tom Holland. But It's an odd choice for Timmy Charles to make, isn't it? Like, it that, does that's, seem an odd choice. That's the intriguing part, I suppose. But like... it also seems a little bit like he's gone. The problem with all these movies I keep making is don't get paid a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just I just don't know. I just don't know. Wonka is is a is a children's character. Films and stuff made about him should be specifically geared towards children, and there's like this whole thing of like like what's it like that Peter Pan movie? Hmm. Um, you know that's that's not for kids. It's dark and miserable looking, and not an awful lot magical happens, and it's just. <sighs> Kids' movies shouldn't be dry. And this looks a bit dry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Lottie's reaction of, yeah, it looks all right. You know, I think... <laughs> it's it, not it, exciting, is it? <laughs> you know, I mean, she's nine. Like, that should be real target audience for this shit. Mm. And it's not grabbing her. Um, no, yeah. it, it very much seems like one of those where... It's a film made by people, or decided to be made by people who, who were saying, well, when I was a kid, I'd have loved something like this. Like, okay. Uh-huh, yeah. But that's because when you were a kid, all toys were made out of wood. <laughs> um, go on then, the next big one. <laughs> I, I hope... Ridley Scott's Napoleon is four hours long. I, you see, I have a different angle on this. You <laughs> hope it's an hour long. I hope it's 92 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> because it'd just be funny if the Napoleon story was sold in 92 minutes and it was, what are we going to do about this fucking revolution? And it's Napoleon goes, shoot him. And they go, oh, I like that. Oh, by the way, I'm your emperor now. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> the end. I, I mean, it, I don't know, it just, it looks like a proper Ridley Scott war epic. It, it, look, it looks very much like one of those Ridley Scott movies where he's spending an awful lot of money. It will be really, really fucking good. And it was basically the studio all sat around going, we've got it, we've got a fucking another gladiator. And then it's not. It's another fucking Exodus God of Kings shit like that. I don't know, <laughs> I, yeah. Of heaven. But it's like both really good movies. 
this this will be like his director's cut you know like apple will be like just fucking do it you know the theatrical release is just like the the cherry on top but you know apple man kills the flower moon in october napoleon in november which probably means you'll be able to watch both of them on apple tv come christmas and new year Oh yeah, they're, they're without question going to release one on like December the 23rd and then the other one probably the 30th or the 1st of January. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like just, man, Deg, and I think they're going to be all up in the Oscar nominations next oh, yeah. year as well, you know. And it just, I just continue to find it very funny that Netflix tried so hard to do all that shit and Apple got the first streamer best picture with fucking coda that still makes me laugh yeah Re- remember when coda coda won best picture you guys watch coda yet nope nope <laughs> coda perfectly nice film it, a very pleasant film best picture nomadland and then coda those were the covid oscars the Oscars can sometimes do that, though. I, I feel like since they, they changed the way that the voting are done for Best Picture, it can sometimes throw up one where everyone kind of goes, ha! <laughs> About. It's wild. Do you know what else is wild? What? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part Ooh. 1. Oh, we're going straight in. Yep. Written and directed uh, by Christopher McQuarrie um, and stars. Well, who's it star? Well, Tom Cruise is there. Bing Rams is back. Simon Peggy's back. Becky Ferg is back. Vanessa Kirby is back. But also, uh, who else is there? Shea Wiggum's there. Hayley Atwell's there. Greg Tarzan Davies. That fucker. Could you easily, yeah. Rob Delaney's there. Mark Gatiss. Yeah, there's some fucking... Now I'm thinking about this. There's some randomers. My here. fucking boy Cyclone from Top Gun. Charles Parnell. Yeah, the guy who gives is. him the fucking fist bump at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. Right, let's go. Let's let's look at IMDb and say, let's see what they say about it. So let's see what they say the synopsis is because there's things going on in this. So many things. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls in the wrong hands. I mean, you could fucking say that about any of them, IMDb. Let's go. Um, Ian, what did you think? It's not a weapon. It's a key to deactivate a weapon. That's a fair point. That's just wrong, IMDb. That's really angered me. So, yeah, all spoilers all the time. Oh, yeah, we have to go very hard all spoilers out on this one. We're just going to drop this in there and we'll pick it up later on. Do we think Becky Ferg's just went, Chris, just fucking write me out. I can't be asked anymore. It's very, very tiring. I think there's definitely something of a either scheduling conflict. I I don't think they went into the, this double header initially intending to write her out. Bizarre. But... Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. That that arc just feels so fucking incomplete. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's this it's the fact that not only that just very quickly and we'll come back to it. It's the fact not only does she her character die in it. It's the fact that it ha- that she doesn't really do anything in it up to that. Yeah, she's, she's barely like, in it. 
Well, on, I honestly, it was like a personal business, maybe. Possibly, yeah. I mean, like we've said, we've said before. Sorry, kind of getting into it now. So apologies, but we, we we've said before, you know, that like she's always been a bit. I don't, you know, I don't do the stunts. I'm happy to be there. Just let him do his thing. And I mean, like, is there a question? And to be clear, this is not a criticism that she's like, I just don't want to do the high octane action stuff anymore. Mm. You know, and like, I don't want, like, I don't want to be Hayley Atwell at the end, like, being suspended over fuck knows what, like, grabbing onto his, you know, if it's just a case of that, good honor. I think, um, I think there's a possibly a case of that, but I think also as well, uh, I know Sam Pegasus said, you know, before that the Mission Impossible movies, they, they're essentially like six to eight months mm. you're working on it, and she's got. June as a double header at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And there's a yeah. possibility that she's just gone, sat down and gone, I've got to pick one and I kind of, you know, June's number one I'm going to pick. Mm. Yeah. So That's so, wild. Tom Cruise now is older than John Voight was in the first one. Fuck yeah. That's fucking crazy. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, right. So I've cooled on it slightly. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. I, th- I think I'm at a 4.5. Um, the ending, I was just pure hype. Like that's when it, that's, 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 that's Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Them. But when Henry Cerny is doing that voiceover at the end and then it just goes, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, end of part one. I'm like, let's fucking go. When's part, I, part two can start now. Thank you. Where is it? Num, num, num. Um... Yeah, okay. It's it's not the complete package that Fallout is. Um but it is a terrific time. It is a terrific time. Um it's two hours forty three minutes that does not fit no, two hours no, forty three no, minutes. No, not at all. Um I think the plot is like just weirdly fucking time like spookily timely, considering like they would have started this like at least what like they started it during covid so like basically 2020 so and you know all the stuff with ai that's been coming about with chat gpt blah 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 was like the tail end of last year that that really started um ramping up so fair fair play i it's i i find that plot just re- like genuinely really interesting and maybe like i said earlier on it's because like AI, it, like talk of AI, is very, very big in in my professional sector at the moment. So may, maybe I'm just like nerdily into it from that point of view. But I thought the whole, the entity, which again is fucking weird because we we use things called entities in my line of work, and it just like every time they said entity, I basically had PTSD because they're the bane of my fucking life. Um, and, um, <laughs> seriously um so but yeah like so the the whole it knows it it's kind of figured out all the all the the the, the parameters like everything that can happen and when tom cruise is like it's scared i'm just like take me to fucking bonatown tom cruise let's go yes it's scared it would only be scared of you you are the only fucking person on earth the entity is scared of and of course it's you you fucking crazy bastard um i'll i'll i i want becky to speak we'll get into it i really 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 liked it it didn't let me down 
Becky. Yes. What did you think? Bearing in mind you hold Fallout to such a high level, so I'm going to question you before I say this. Were you expecting better than Fallout, or were you happy with it being just very, very good and accepting that it probably wasn't going to be quite Fallout? I was hoping for better or as good. Right. And as such was disappointed. But... It's really good. Right. But there's just... I have complaints about it that I just kind of wish I didn't. Um, Killing off Ilse Faust is just a fucking stupid This is a very odd decision. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just really is and it just it takes it takes a lot of wind out of it when she dies it's like alright so what like where's the heart of this movie now their little flirtation in this which they do build before she dies like they're adding to it but I think that was almost a little bit to kind of heighten the yeah the impact of her passing um, I, I just think it's a bit of a fucking stupid move, to be honest. I think um, the fact that it's not anything to do with the syndicate as well, because they, they've basically, they could have had it. Like, if we take Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 as essentially a really long movie, which is kind of the vibe, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So it yeah. could have been a trilogy of the same baddie. Like, they could have written it back that there is still some remnants of it and they're still doing shit or, or whatever, or taking it in a different direction, or have the syndicate involved with this AI fucking entity thing. It, it just it just but, feels stupid. Or they shouldn't have killed Solomon Lane off because he was a really good bad guy. But I think if you then tried to get him out of... Hang on, did they kill him off? It would have been... A... Gets yeah, he died off yeah. Solomon Lane died at the end of Fallout. He's in the cabiny thing, isn't he? He gets blown up. Huh. Doesn't he? I think I can't remember. I know. I mean, I thought because his right. whole thing was like. No, don't, don't Elsa Faust kill him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Elsa kills him, yeah. Really? I, so, yeah, I distinctly remember him surviving because he's like, I want to fucking die and take the world with me. And he lives to see. The world in survives. Like, it's only been like a week since it's like two weeks since I fucking watched it. <laughs> Hang on, no, I've, I need to wiki that. That's going to bother me. Yeah, it's going to bother me as well. Because I was, I was about to say a, a, a defence of Sean Harris not being in it. Hang on, I'm sure this is fun for the listeners. Apologies. Who, 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 who are probably right now going? Saying the right answer right, to plot, 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 plot. Sloan Hans Lane over to MI6 through Yeah, Sloan Hans Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, do, yeah of course they do at the end, yeah. yeah. Right, well, yeah, that, that, do you know what? Then fair enough. You know, it could have still so, been part of it. So. Fair enough. I just think if, if they'd done that and it was essentially a, a trilogy uh, of him with Ilse Faust as like the, the foil and love interest and Solomon Lane as like the overarching bad guy that would have been a really fucking good way to go out if Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 are the last Mission Impossible movies that Tom Cruise is going to make so they they would have it's a bit of a shitty baddie they would have basically they would have had to recast Sean Harris he was pissed off that he was in Fallout yeah um 
like must have been a contractual thing but like they would have had to recut and th- this is the thing it's like that kind of creative decision the creative decision with ilsa faust i i am fucking convinced given the way her arc plays out in this that it was not christopher mcquarrie's initial choice that rebecca ferguson was killed off in this film yeah no i don't i i i don't think i i think he envisioned writing i think he envisioned her going to the end and then that's fine and the thing is we can't speak to the behind the scenes machinations of making the film all we can do is review the film and from a viewer of the film's point of view yeah. i hate the fact that they killed Fair her comment. and i think the bad shit yeah so, Do you think he's shit? I quite yeah. like him. What? Well, hey, I, who? Shit. The no. body. Yeah, he's fucking great. Yeah. I like him. And the AI thing as well. It's like, it looks like... You know, like... You know, like, when you see, like, movies about hackers from, like, the 90s? Like hackers. And there's all... They're, 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 yeah, well, yeah, like, I like hackers. And it's, it's just like... It, it, I, I, You've done the most basic representation I, of what like hacking could be. The fucking pulsating. Yeah, but for the AI, I, it's like I can't off. help. I, I, sorry, I'm defending this so hard. The thing is, it this film's vibe and mood just reminded me of like an espionage thriller from the '90s. Like that, the fact that it starts on a motherfucking submarine felt super fucking '90s to me. It was like we were watching a Jack Ryan film at the start, and it 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 just. It felt that it felt purposeful. What one criticism I will just say: Tom Cruise with the old mask on, and he's just like the most artificial-looking man in the world. Um, just walking <laughs> yeah. into that room the where start. they're talking about the entity, no one seems to acknowledge him. It, it like it's like, but he's a rubber face man. Who the fuck is he supposed to be? Because it just kind of seems like when he gives. Um, cerny the um the, the the case cerny's like who the fuck are you and it like no one ever addressed that it really bothered me that's the thing i think that is the element of, of almost like he always looks too inconspicuous to be like conspicuous i don't it just it made me laugh he just kind of like opens the door while they're having a chat and he just sits in the corner but then the camera is constantly cerny and then him just in the background and i was really fucking nervous i was like what is gonna happen here i was waiting for a jump scare i was i I was waiting for it to be something but but it was only when it was only like as he gives him the the thing and it's put his mouth thought oh fucking hell he's cruise (laughs) yeah i didn't get that at all i was like what no. I at that first thing I thought, oh, this is a bad guy who's gonna like fucking kidnap one of them. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Or like I thought it was gonna be like yeah. a bad guy who was gonna convince Henry Cerny to be on his side or something like that. You know, like come with me because you're saying the right thing about controlling it. We're gonna control it together or whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm pretty hyped for this film. I, I will. There are. There are, I, I would definitely acknowledge it's got its faults like I just did there, but I really enjoyed the vibe of it. Thanks. Anyone? Um, yeah, well, yeah, just back to what I was saying Sorry. before. I just I just think it's... Um, no, no, it's, it's all good. It just it just feels like a really lazy kind of representation of the, the AI for the it's bad guy. I think difficult to write AI. Yeah. As a visual concept. I thought, I thought it don't. was cool... 
and have it as like um like a sound wave on a screen or something like that i don't know okay. it doesn't it just looked a bit schlocky. but i liked i liked the whole um, it was hiding in plain sight in that club like it was a light show like it's goofy well, I, yeah but, but I, I touched you didn't i yeah and when uh, uh, like when, when, they, when they first walk in yeah i touched you on the shoulder and went yeah i think yeah because yeah. it was there and it was it was the same bit but I suppose they hadn't seen it up to that point. No. Actually, so you can forgive them. But it was, it, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, oh, I spotted oh, yeah, it. I'm yeah, saying yeah. It, it, it was, it was the filmmakers clearly wanted, mm. clear, the filmmakers clearly wanted you to know what the fuck was going on before the characters. Mm. There. Um, you, you didn't get on with some of the slapsticky moments, did you? Oh, uh, yeah, it's fucking, so, right, so just to finish off the, the point I was making about it, it could have been a really good trilogy. Like the Christopher McQuarrie ones feel like a step up in the Mission Impossible mm. movies. They feel like another level. Mm. This feels like one of the old, earlier ones to me. I, that, that's it. And I think it looks cheap in comparison to Rogue Nation and Fallout as well. But I think that might just be all the fucking blue light. I think there's some... A lot of blue light. Uh, like, I think there's some COVID-enforced shit. And I get it, we're reviewing the film that's on, on screen and like our apps. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't feel like that's necessarily their fault. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't really care about the limitations that they had in place. Delay making it, if that's the case. Then yeah, make the best movie well. you can make. Yeah, it's yeah, a fair but... point. It's a fair point. Um, but yeah, the slapsticky moments, especially the bit with the fucking stupid little yellow car. No. Like, no. It's I... just so fucking undignified. I, but I, I kind of liked that because I agree with you that that bit wouldn't slot into a Rogue Nation or a Fallout and did feel a little bit like there was a bit of whiplash, I would say, mm. from that uh, there. But I like the idea that it, it very much set out to go, right, Grace is driving these cars like a normal fucking person would drive them. She's not a super agent like all the rest of them are. Oh, but that stupid bit where she's just like spinning around in a fucking circle, that would be harder to do than to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You could have cartoon music over that whole section. Th- th- that section was a little bit weird. Um, I thought, I thought, sh- right, so similar complaint that I had with John Wick. Yeah. Um, so obviously filmmakers seem to have got it into their fucking heads now that if it's going to be like a a big blockbuster movie it has to be 300,000 years long but if the material isn't there just make the film that you've got the material for don't just do the same thing over and over and over again the pickpocketing thing fuck yeah, off it really bothered you didn't it it was, it was like well obviously she's fucking got it we've done this ten times already now that that the bit with the train cars like yeah alright I have two maybe three train cars that they have to climb up don't have like 15 or whatever the fuck it was that section went on far too long my brain a lot of the time was going fucking hell I really want to press X now sure (laughs) yeah and I don't mean that's a negative Um, and then and also there was too much like it always has. Anything has, you liked about it? Well, that's it, and it sounds like I'm being real neggy on it, and I think it's just it's. Such yeah, a, you're just disappointed. It's, it, it's a huge uh, yeah, yeah, it's fair. Down. 
um, you know, you, you've gone from having two two movies with a really strong female counterpart for Ethan Hunt to Hayley fucking Atwell. What a shitty character. And I don't think I'll... I, I think part of it is I can't forgive her for the fact that if she hadn't stolen that key back, Ilsa Faust wouldn't have had to follow her and die. She is directly responsible for Ilsa's death. So I, I think part of it is that I can't forgive her for that. But she's just such a fucking awful character. Um, and she's joining the fucking IMF now, so she'll definitely be in the next one, and she'll be on the fucking team. And I just don't know if I can be arsed with it, to be perfectly honest. Um... So yeah, they they need to they need to write her better for the next one. Right, I've got my views now. Oh yeah, good point. You've, 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 you've seen very negative on it, Becky. Yeah, I think the more I think, I need to rewatch it. I think, and I need to not rewatch. I need to rewatch it after having a bit of a gap from the good ones, <laughs> so I can judge it more on a level playing field. Tom Cruise found dead in a ditch. Wow. <laughs> he was good in it. Fuck, and he looks good for 61, doesn't he? I can't believe that they've said that these aren't going to be the last ones and they're thinking of future instalments. That's bonkers, that isn't it? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I love that. Apparently they're not quite what it is. For apparently, sake. He, he, apparently when they... <laughs> Cruz has said that when they set out to start making them, they were very much... These are going to be the last ones. By the time the last one comes out, I'll be 63 years old. It's maybe sad, oh, is it? And now apparently he's like, do you know what? I'll only be 63 years old. Yeah. He's just, he's so good as Ethan Hunt. But, like, he, his character progression, and, you know, it's a long time since the first one. He he feels like the older version of that guy. Mm. Like, he, he's, he's, he's so... That, that character is so kind of fucking stuck to him that it just all feels very organic. I, I think there's an element of, with this one, of they've gone, right, we need to... So I think he's take, like, it, it's a big move that's split into two parts. Mm. So the, the last big movie that we had that was split into two parts was effectively... Um, Infinity War and Endgame mm. they were effectively it's a two part yeah and the thing is I remember I found Endgame hard work and I don't think it's as good as Infinity War and I think I'm a lot of the time the minority of that because I just thought it, it, it tried to be a little bit too much fun whereas Infinity mm. War had been quite serious, serious. yeah I think with these, they've maybe flipped them round and gone, we're going to have a lot of the funner elements in this because the next one is going to be very, it's going to be a lot heavier. Yeah. Um, within it there. Um, I I personally don't, I've never really got the whole Hayley Atwell thing. Mm. And I didn't for a long part of this movie. I thought she was very good in it. I think, I think as a performance wise I think she's actually really quite good in it at the character she's doing didn't really get on that well with the character but then again there is something about a brunette putting her hair up in a ponytail <laughs> is, is, is I would say you want to have X yeah that it's a strong when, when, when a brunette puts their hair in a ponytail like that in that forcible of a manner it means one of two things one shit's about to get done two dicks about to get sucked that is 
that's how strong a fucking moment oh, that really? was. Um, the Simon Pegg looks tired. He really does, doesn't he? <laughs> looks it? tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I get Sheerwigham. I always like seeing him in anything. It, just on the Simon Pegg thing. Let's let's just let's just I don't know. Let's just let him back out now, unless he just wants to be in them, which is prob- probably well, what he it is. Really likes. Yeah. Being. No, he 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 loves being in. He loves not being. He loves being in a fucking in the one of the big movie franchises and all. But why? I just not, I, that is not. I wish movie. Simon Pegg would eat a pie. That's all. Yes, um, I liked the. I don't like to comment on stuff like that, like anymore though, because it's like, what if there's something wrong and you've been like, fucking, I'll eat a fucking pie, Simon. It turns out like he's been really poorly or something. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a concern that I always have now. Uh, I, I liked the guy who played Gabriel. I liked him as a character. He just seemed like a dick. Yeah, that's all he needed to be. He needed to be a bell end. Great voice as well. And just when he went, Ethan, at the end, great yeah. stuff. As basically a human avatar for something else, I think I think the avatar picked quite well. I just, I'm looking forward to the second part. I want to know about that history. I want to know yeah. who that girl was who just looked like Haley Atwell again. Yeah, I, I I do enjoy the fact that they've kind of they've kind of like essentially given where the IMF came from. A, a, a little bit of a backstory where you go, oh, all right, didn't know that. That seems fucking new. Yeah, and how they recruit and all yeah. that. Kind of See, that was really interesting, but there just wasn't enough of that. They'll, they'll, they were too too busy repeatedly showing the same action. They're going to, I think, Whereas they're going to slow it down in part two. Sorry, I'm defending it loads. No, that's fine. Um... But yeah, I just think if they'd if they'd concentrate a bit more on the story elements and the the backstory that they were clearly hinting at, rather than just it being action, and it just I don't, it just felt really lightweight. The thing is, I think I think it's going to be one of those ones where when you put them both together, it, yeah. it's probably going to be quite different. Mm. It did feel very much like we were watching part one of a two part. Mm. But I really liked it. The more I've talked about it, the more I've thought about it, the, the higher it's gone up. It's still four and a half out of five for me, but then again, I'm really stingy with... With fives. With my fives. Do you know what? I actually, like, to prove how stingy I am with fives, do you know what the last new movie I gave a five? Stella Loft? <laughs> <laughs> I deserved that. <laughs> Would that get a five? No. Get a fallout. Sorry. <laughs> no, Becky. Hot tub time machine. No, new movie. That name was new. New one. moon. <laughs> Another round. Up. Was the yeah, last. That was a while five ago. New movie. I gave. I gave a five out of five. What'd you give Maverick? Yeah. Fuck's sake! All right. So fucking stingy. I I haven't given a new movie five out of five. In like fucking in 
There is one new movie that I gave five out of five since of the round, but I can't count it because it was the Rocky Four director's cut. You need to watch Top Gun Maverick like another three times. <laughs> I probably do. You're right. Um, I I think it's definitely not shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not shit from me. I know I've, I've sounded really negative on it, but I think it's just like yeah. I think we need to go and watch it again. I think I was expecting full fallout. I wasn't. And I was disappointed. Yeah, but as a rating, I wasn't expecting it necessarily to be better than Fallout or anything like that. But I was hoping it might be keep keep the level up there. Can I make a prediction? Go on. I think you might age of Ultron on it after watching part two. Yeah. You know, like everyone was quite negative about Age of Ultron, but if you go back and rewatch it now, it's like a fucking hidden banger within that universe. Yeah. Because of all the shit that's happened since. I re- I really hope so. I think it will. I, I also think once you've got over losing Becky Ferks. Mm. I just, do you know what? And I said this to you when we came out, I just don't need another posh British chick being in stuff. Like, I, if it had been, if it had been someone less charmless, if it had been some, if the character was written better, uh, Hayley Atwell has no charm for me. There's no mystique to her. She, she, she's just, a brunette she, girl she's got very much hottest girl in year 11 vibes yeah she does yeah Rachel Stevens from S Club 7 vibes no she's a level above that is she she's a lot of levels above that nah. Rachel Stevens wasn't even hot Tina was the secret the hypes, the hypes there yeah, yeah. sorry the hypes there for how hot she is but really she's she's fine She's pretty, yeah, fine. Yeah, but she's saying she's got hot girl year eleven. Yeah. But and then you got Vanessa Kirby, and to be fair, Pom Clementief, who, by the way, that shot of her when she rams those cars and she looks like she's enjoying it a little bit too much was wow we I I really hope she's in Dead Reckoning Part Two because she was and we've not spoken about her, but she was a fucking She's great and she had a pulse at the end. So Yeah. She's back. Yeah, enjoyed Pom. Girl's yeah. got some fucking abs. On yeah, her, she? Uh, yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. And yeah, Vanessa Kirby just looking like her beautiful ethereal self and just being. I, she weird. looks like she's from Fine. another fucking planet. She does. Like she it, really does. she's yeah. d- ridiculous. Her and Anya Taylor Joy are just here from another planet to take yeah. over the world. I do like the fact that somebody commented on that with Vanessa Kirby on the fact about how amazing she looks in it. And she just went, it's a really good haircut. It's the eyes. <laughs> and everyone's there going, I mean, it's, it's more, more than, than that. that, Vanessa. <laughs> it is good hair, though. She's got good hair in these movies. That is another thing that also really fucking annoyed me. They can make a full fucking facial mask for her to look like Vanessa Kirby, but they can't get her some blue contacts. <laughs> Oh yeah, didn't spot that. <laughs> All right, yeah, didn't spot that. Actually, fair play. In the whole lead up to that section, I was like, "Yeah, but when she actually gets on the train, she'll have some blue contacts." But obviously, they're going to give her some blue. Um, no, no blue contacts. And her own brother hasn't noticed that she now oh, has brown that, that, eyes. That wouldn't surprise me. Doesn't like the kind of guy who notices I, that. But it's it, she looks so different. I gotta say, the, sorry. Yeah. No, go on. Just. I very much enjoyed the running joke of people pulling at people's faces like they had masks on. Shit, we can just yeah, that was yeah. that. But but then to be fair, like the uh, non-white guy, he stops at the airport. He's just immediately yeah, no, sorry, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Everybody else, he's like pulling at their face. Yeah, 
Like, yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah, the more I talk about this, the more I like it. It's yeah. it's not far it's, it's not Rogue Nation for me, but it's a really fucking good movie. I think it's just, and, I, and to, to, to use a phrase that you used, used earlier, Ian, it's, it's the whiplash of it. Rogue Nation and Fallout are very serious and very... Whereas this one's trying to be funny, it's got the stupid slapstick shit, it's got Shea Wigan pulling up people's faces, which is great, but it's funny. And it's like, it just... I, I don't know, it's just let the air out of the balloon I a little bit I really too much hope in Dead Reckoning Part 2, Shea Wigan has to put a face on. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, also, I will just say, there was no IMAX framing through the film, that report was right. I was checking a lot, yeah. and that was disappointing. Well, you can have IMAX coming out your eyes in two yeah, weeks' boy. time. Um, our audience poll, definitely shit 50%. Touching cloth, 17%. Shit, 11%. How many times do you vote, Becky? Uh, I said definitely not a Geostorm, 22%. 22% for Geostorm? Yeah. It was fucking chaotic. Geostorm seems a little bit... <laughs> yeah. Oh. They need to they need to dial down the repetitive action in the next one and just just calm the fuck down. Yeah, fair. Sh- should we do what should, what we've been up to before we do our next? Uh. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. (laughs) So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's not visually striking. No, just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, is this on? What have you been up to, Ian? Uh, Okay, so. Donna and I watched, uh, finally, it's taken a while, the first couple of episodes of uh, Ryan Johnson's show, Poker Face. Um, so this is on Sky Max in the UK, Peacock in the US, and this is the, basically, Natasha Leone does Columbo show. Um, quite enjoyed it. First episode, definitely better than the second episode. First episode has Adrian Brody in it, being great. Um, <laughs> second episode just doesn't it doesn't quite feel as vital. Basically, Natasha Leone plays a uh, waitress in a kind of like a dead end casino who has a talent for being able to tell when people are lying, like actively lying. And there's no real explanation for why. It's just like, it's a thing that she has. And so she's kind of able to figure shit out. Um, And in the first one, Adrian Brody plays uh, 
the son of the guy who used to uh, run the casino who tries to get her in on a scam. And on the second one, um, you see a murder at the start and then it's her basically figuring it out. Um, And yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels very much like Universal going, hey, Ryan Johnson, you did Knives Out. Yes, you'd might like to make an episode of like Murder of the Week show where you can just get one of your fa- famous friends to be in one of the episodes along with Natasha Leone. Yes, okay, here you go. Um, yeah. But it's it's fun. Natasha Leone, good screen presence. She's a fun character. Um, and yeah, they've had some you know they've had some good like twists and turns and whatnot, and they're fun. You know, they're about an hour long. Maybe could do with them being a little bit shorter. Um, but they're they're good so far. I think we'll watch the rest. Did you watch this, Bex? Or is it something else you watched? No, I watched <coughs> that one where she keeps dying. Russian Doll. Russian Dolls. That's it. I watched some of it. I think I watched most of it. And then it was just like, I stopped. I don't know why, because I was really enjoying it. I think it's because you wouldn't watch it with me. <laughs> But I do like this. Yeah, 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 and yeah, she's, I, yeah, I, I enjoy her as well. So, you know, mild recommend. It kind of slightly feels like it came and went a little bit when it when it came out in the US. And y- yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it, it just, it's maybe not quite what it thinks it is slightly. It, it feels more disposable than I was expecting. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's good. It, it, it's a decent enough time. Um, beyond that, I said, I wasn't going to talk about formula one anymore. So the only other film I fully watched, um, one of the best comedies of the 2010s, the interview. Um, <laughs> so look, James Franco, horrible dude, not great. Um, Jonah Hill maybe unsurprisingly seemingly joining his ranks this week um, I mean yeah that, 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 that's, that's one that surprised no one yeah just slight tangent the whole kind of like weaponizing like mental health therapy terms against a woman mm, mm. it's the thing is so I, I, I was, we were, before the, I said the John Hill thing, we were, um, we were chatting, weren't we, over, over WhatsApp about the, some of the segments from these, the roast things. Yes. So we'll comment on that. Some of them are quite amusing. You know, John Hill gets involved in a lot of these. And it's always amusing because when people take the piss out of like Seth Rogen on these things, he just finds it. Legit amusing. funny. Yeah. Like he, he he just thinks it's funny, and the same thing. Even Franco seems to find like them the funny when they're talking about him. Everyone seems to laugh about it. Jonah Hill seems to laugh, but you can see that it is burning him inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it does seem he does seem very much like he wants everyone to think he's really chill, and he's really like he's a really modern guy and he's really chill. But also, he's a spoiled little rich boy who wants everything to go his own way. This thing we're not allowed to like the jump so, anymore. Which is a, which is a great circle back to the interview. So, 
James Franco, I think, gives one of the most fully formed comedic performances of recent memory in this for me. I think he is fully committed to being Dave Skylark. Um, He is swinging for the fences with some of the shit that he's doing. Um, But he's fully in... He's obviously having a really good time and vibing with Seth Rogen very well. And I'm so annoyed with James Franco for the fact that he ended up being James Franco. <laughs> like that I think that's how that's how I would put it. It's like I'm annoyed Woody Allen is Woody Allen. You know, like it, it it's that it's that kind of thing. I I he's he's brilliant in the interview. On, it just exactly my vibe for what I find funny. And Seth Rogen is a great straight man in it, but he still has his moments. Uh, just uh, having to shove the tube up his ass and just like, oh yeah, it's, it's in there deep. You know, it is, is, it's childish, but it's funny. But it's also got some decent filmmaking from Rogan and Goldberg as well. Like I really, really like the sequence where Kim gets blown up and it's the slow motion stuff set to Katy Perry's firework, which is a really important film in the uh, song in the course of the film. Um, Yeah. I I've watched the interview several times and it always makes me laugh a lot. That's the thing. I think I've only seen it think twice and I think I need to give it another go because I really enjoyed it both times I watched it I think I, I think I maybe need to give it another go to, to put it into more of a rotation it's like because I, I, I was going to watch This Is The End then realised I don't own This Is The End but what do I own the interview okay I'm going to put the interview on that's the thing you say this is the end. should be a movie that you can just um, watch on a streaming service that we're all paying for I don't believe you can. Yeah, 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 quite. I, I'm going to get to this is the end soon, but I'm I'm like part way through a couple other films, but also the thing about Formula One is just the fact that you you know you've got qualifying and you've got a race two separate days, and if you watch like the pre and post coverage, it's several hours of those days. So, I, but I'm I'm in, and I'll be watching the Hungarian Grand Prix because my Boy, Danny Ricardo's back. I've said I was done, and I'm done. I'm sorry. Moving on. That was it for me this week. Cool, cool. I'll, I'll go through mine because Bex has just had to nip off for a second, so I'll go through mine. You can tell him that I threw a glass of water. All yeah, you threw a glass of water, literally a full pint of water. Solid. Is what's, what's happened there? Um, so I'll do the ones that I watched without Becky, which is only. Actually, it's only one, so you're going to have to clean quickly. (laughs) That's a weird Uh, threat. (laughs) Clean quickly. (laughs) In the first part of this week's dash cam. Yeah, good. It's gone everywhere. It was a full pipe, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) So I promised that dash cam would be back. 
And I did. I watched Silver Linings Playbook, um, which doesn't have as much of Dash Mihawk in it as I remember in my brain they've been in. Because let's face it, if Dash Mihawk's in something, he's your focus. And if he's not on screen, you're going, where the fuck's Dash? Uh, and you do spend a lot of time in Silver Linings Playbook going, where's Dash? Um, but I was also... I was using a good excuse to re-watch Silver Linings Playbook because... I've not watched it in getting on for like a decade now because that's how long it's been since it came out. Um, I remember really quite liking it. And it's it's an odd one, is Silver Linings Playbook, in the sense that it's... The way that it deals with mental health is both quite good, in a way, but also... A little bit, hmm, not sure there on that one. Um, I think it it's very much David O. Russell has got away with the fact that the people he's got in these roles are really quite likeable actors. And that helps him out quite a lot in the fact that the performances are really good but I don't think the actual the way that the story is told is that good but um, what's it uh, Jennifer Lawrence is is fantastic in in this film Um, Bradley Cooper is very very good um, playing up up against and they bounce off each other really really well Uh, but you can was this she won Academy Award, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, you can tell why. Um, yeah, when she won the best, um, actually, yeah, you, you can absolutely tell why um, she she won it for this. It's it's a really a really good performance that never intends to be sort of too overtly showy uh, within itself there either. But yeah, it's I, I very much enjoyed rewatching it, but I could see why some people might have some sort of criticisms of its handling of, of mental health issues. Becky, before we do our joint ones, what have you been up to this week? Without throwing a glass of water on the floor. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot of water to mop up. I'm all out of breath now. Um, so, right. Imagine. Yeah. Okay. Twin Peaks and X-Files, right? They have a baby. And then Stephen King and Silent Hill have a baby. And then those babies grow up. Yeah. And then they have a baby. Yeah. And they call it Alan. Alan (laughs) Wake. That's what I think. That's great. Yep. Thanks. Um, Yeah. Slept on this a bit, didn't I? Sorry, Ian. You, you did try and tell me. It's because it, it came up on the, um, uh, the PlayStation Plus yep. Yep. Um, thing this week. And I was like, oh, that's that one that Ian keeps recommending that I should play and that I'd really like. And lo and behold... It's the most Becky game ever created. It's like someone went <laughs> yeah, into my brain and then made a, made a game based <laughs> on the things that I like. <laughs> I just, honestly, I can't get, get enough of it. I'm on the final chapter and... I just keep like I might restart this episode because like I feel like I could Do- have done better in that section because I just don't want it to Doesn't end. it start with like a voiceover of like basically oh, Twin Peaks God. land with 
Stephen King once said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, from that moment I was like, ah, shit. There's gonna be some late nights in my future. And 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 Bex, a question. Alan Wake Two is out in October, and it's on PS Five and Xbox Series consoles only, and PC. Is it time? It might be time. Gonna, yeah, it might be. If it's as good as this one, and if it's as, if it's in keeping, because like the it, Last of Us was like, it's. Re- I'm really burnt by the Last of Us Two because it's like, how can they make a sequel? It. So boring. So of that game. So the creative d- director of like the whole studio, Sam Lake. Um, has yeah. said that like Max, sorry, Alan Wake Two has been like a passion project for years. He's basically mm. said it's Alan Wake, but more survival horror, okay. which again just okay. feels incredibly Becky. With the fact as well that the Silent Hill Two remake might be out towards the end of the year. Yeah, you see, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking. Is the closer to the end of the year we get, we've got new we've got the reboots of the Silent Hill games to come we've got the new silent hill game to come and if if this is going to be ps5 only then might have to pull the trigger because the thing is we had this whole conversation didn't we with um like a bit back and Mm. i was kind of thinking do you know what yeah i've just played through what did i play oh i've been playing those um like choose your own adventure games that we were talking about dark pictures that's yeah. it, yeah. And I was really, really enjoying them. And then I was like, Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the plunge. I'm gonna play The Last of Us too. And it, I, as a completionist, really struggle to start something new if I've not finished something. And because I was really not enjoying The Last of Us too, I didn't want to finish it. But because I hadn't finished it, I couldn't play anything else. Yeah, you know, just like in my yeah. brain. So. When obviously when this came up on PlayStation Plus, I was like, "Yep, yep, download it." And I said to I said to you, "Didn't I fucking? Know, I'm gonna have to finish The Last of Us too, so I can play Alan Wake." And you were like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah. And it just made me think, why? "Well, yeah, actually, why?" So I just I think I'm just gonna give up on The Last of Us too, and just in my brain view The Last of Us as just a single game franchise. And just in terms of Alan Wake, for those who don't know, Bex, what is the plot of Alan Wake? Let's just really emphasise just how Becky-ass a game this is. <laughs> well, so, it, I don't know how it finishes, so I don't know what, what the upshot of it is all going to be. But he basically, he is a writer who sort of... I really love Stephen King, which, you know, fair play to him. Um... And he goes to on holiday with his wife, but she's actually tricked him. She wants him to see this therapist that like deals with writers with writer's block, which, um, again, very recurring Stephen King kind of theme, is that, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. um, but then she goes missing, and then he keeps having visions of like the darkness is taking over the town and these like these these men that are possessed by darkness keep trying to attack him because the dark entity is trying to stop him from saving his wife but 
has she actually died and he's just gone mad because the hospital man tells him that he has and it's all very mysterious and yeah one of your main weapons is a flashlight <laughs> which is great the only thing that does annoy me about it is every time the episode changes you start the new episode with no fucking weapons so you're going around like yeah i've got all these flares <laughs> and these flashbangs they're going to create loads of light and then i'll i'll be basically invincible and then you start it's like great I haven't got a fucking torch now. And ha- have you been watching the uh, the Nightfalls TV shows or? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Listening to all the um, the radio yeah. stuff. Yeah, watching all the TV shows. I would totally watch Nightfalls. You, like, did you ever? Did you start playing Control at all? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, that one. That, yeah. So. This is this is the same studio, okay. and there's DLC for Control that's called AWE, which stands for something in Control, but also could stand for Alan Wake event. And like he's oh, okay. in some of the DLC for Control, so it's the same universe. After you finish Alan Wake, I kind of feel like you should give Control another crack. I think the problem with control that I had was I got real confused as to what the fuck I was supposed to be doing. Like it's very It's it's um, less linear than Alan Wake is. That yeah, that's yeah. fair. And I I I struggle with non non linear game structures. Yeah, alright. That's that, fair enough. But uh, YouTube some Alan Wake too, because there's been some kind of like some gameplay like uh, okay. clips and like the develop like the developers like talking about the making of it and stuff like that and i yeah i feel like you'll vibe with it like you you can play you, you play yeah. as two different characters in it and it's like you play as alan wake who's actually i won't say what's happening with him but you also play okay. this fbi agent who is investigating a series of ritualistic murders and there is one bit where she's like investigating this house and then this fucking dude in like a fucking goat mask just like burst through the wall and some shit. And you've got to like try and defend yourself against him. And it again, it, it feels like it's Alan Wake meets Resident Evil. <laughs> Which I like is just like ding, ding, ding. Becky ass game version two, you know. Um, so, so is the is is Alan Wake as the as the baby of all of the the things that I mentioned previously? Is that now having a baby with the baby of True Detective and Resident Evil? But basically, yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a watch. I'll finish the game first, just in case it's. Spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would. I, ne- I nearly said something and I stopped myself. So yeah, get, get, get through it. Yeah. Yeah, but like I say, I am on the final chapter. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, it is. It's honestly, genuinely, really fucking good. Like I've, I've. Half past three was it? I came to bed last night. That. Was it's why yeah. I don't play video games. <laughs> Half past yeah, three. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, but then we had today off. So mm. the latest I've gone to bed on a school night, so when I'm at work the next day, has been half two. To be <laughs> <quite> late. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, no, but the thing is, I'll do this for like a week, complete the game, and then I'll have a little bit of a break before I start anything else. So it's, it's, I do, that's how, just how I do it. That's how I have to do it. I completely lose track Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, yeah. You came down the, sorry. You came down the other day, didn't you, from, from upstairs, and you were like, right, I better, I'll go start dinner then, I guess. And I was like, oh, well, just give me a minute. Like, I'll, I'll come and help you. And you went, Becky, it's like after eight. I've been sat here for an hour. <laughs> oh, I did not realize You just that. sat in the dining room waiting for your dinner, Mark. No, no, no. no. Sat, sat, in right. <laughs> sat in the living room with me. I just thought you had your knife and fork ready. I was just like, nom, nom, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'd planned to make it together and I think you would oh, okay. go. All right, well, I've reached the checkpoint now. I'll, uh, I'll stop and we'll go make dinner and I just didn't yeah. do that. So what have we watched oh, together, Bex? Watched some stuff. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we watched, we watched, we've, we've talked about this quite a lot, so we don't need to talk about it anymore. We, we really watched Dirty Dancing, didn't we? Yeah, I had a real, real stressful day, didn't I? And I was just like, can, can, we, can, we, can I get some wine and can we watch Dirty Dancing? And you were like, yes. <laughs> yes, so what's that? Uh, then we also watched, as part of the dash cam, didn't we? Yeah. We watched Pandorum. Yeah. Everyone's nice. Favorite. Everyone's, Everyone's favourite. Yeah, what do you think to Pandora? I'm gonna rewatch Becky. Do you know what? I didn't. So I've been wanting to rewatch this for quite a while, mm. um, and I was convinced that it turns out that Ben Foster's the bad thing. And I think that's maybe just me typecasting. No, that is just brain. you definitely typecasting the fact that it's it's Ben Foster, so he must be a bad thing. Yeah, um, it's. Do you know what? It's very good. It is very good. I said to you as well, though, didn't I, before we watched it, when the like the, the thing came up, I was like, oh, yeah, this was from that time period where all front covers had to have a hint of green, yeah, so that it looked like weird. it might be Matrix-related. Yeah. And the, the girl on the cover as well, um, they've shot her as much, so she looks like Carrie Ann Moss as possible, haven't they? Mm. Um, but, yeah, really fucking good. Um I like the whole kind of gradually fading amnesia trope. Yeah. It's good. Everything starts coming back. I, yeah. I, I did enjoy rewatching it. I do think it's a little bit too long. You think everything's too long, though? You've got no attention span. No, I just the, the genre film should be 95 minutes, not 105 minutes. Um, thus proved with uh, The Mask that we also rewatched. Yeah, what triggered this? Oh, hang on. Where was I? And you played music. I wasn't. I was, right. So yeah. So you'd connected your. I, I, Mark I have has a, a shower, shower speaker. I have a shower speaker because I like to listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower. Yeah, and I was like, oh, just just before you go in the shower, can I just go to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm sat, you know, doing 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 stuff, and then Cuban fucking Pete starts playing out of the speaker. <laughs> Um, I just couldn't think. I, I, I realised the speaker was still connected. I thought, what can I play that's just going to be random? Yeah. And then, yeah, so, and then I was like, I, I could actually really rewatch The Mask. Yeah, so we watched it on Sunday afternoon, didn't we? It's the most Sunday afternoon of films you can watch. It was the Sunday afternoonest movie to ever Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Make. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great, it's The Mask. It is, it is really good fun. It's, it, it's still remains insane the 18 months that um, that Jim Carrey had between, mm. um, between Ace Ventura Pet Detective coming out and Dumb and Dumber not even that I think it was about 6 months actually 
uh, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all in the space of a year. I've still never seen Dumb and Dumber. What? No. It just, it just really doesn't appeal to me. I think it's the trailer's got quite a lot of toilet humor in it, and I don't. It's not my bag at all. I think you should watch it because I think you might quite like it. Yeah. Um. And then we also rewatched. I don't know what triggered this either. The nice guys. We probably all the Ryan Goslinginess of the current mood. Mm. Yeah, and I'm always uh, up for rewatching the nice guys. Um. It's I still, yeah. It still pains me that, that that so many people love this movie, but just not enough people went to see it at the cinema. Yeah. That we don't have another, at least another one or two. I think we still have another one and another one on the way of these movies. Hmm. Um, I still do think that at, at some point in the next like five years, we're going to end up just randomly getting another one. <laughs> One of those ones where fucking Gosling and, and Crow just go, fuck it, let's just do it for next to now. Yeah. But it's it's just to write a neo-noir buddy action movie around the, um, the suppression of a catalytic converter. Yeah. It's just such a Shane Black thing to do. I think, like, fun. I said this to you the other day, didn't I? Fun noir might be one of my favourite film genres. Yeah, and it's it's Gosling doing his brand of kind of doofus. Yeah, yeah. Of that, it's. Thing is, though, like now, and no disrespect to ugly guys, but if an ugly guy was behaving the way that Gosling behaves in this, you'd be like, oh, "What a fucking doofus!" But Ryan Gosling does it. And it's like, "Oh, you." It, but, but I think <laughs> I think there's an element of that. It's. It, <laughs> I think it's as much the fact that, that him and Russell Crowe have a great chemistry yeah. together there, but it's the fact that you keep expecting like things to really work out and for him to end up actually being really good at it, and he's kind of just not. Mm. <laughs> he he continually remains being just a little bit not great, but Russell Crowe's character is really quite good at it. Yeah, all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then you still get towards the end. And you're thinking, oh, well, he's, he's obviously, you know, it's changed or anything like that. And it just hasn't. <laughs> it's still the same. He's yeah. just more dragged Russell Crowe down to his level. Yeah. It's a, it's just an absolute, it's, it's a really good looking movie. It's, yeah, it's just, we should have more of these. We really nice. should. It manages to be fun, but also have quite a clever twisty plot as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes you'll get one or the other. Like together, it's fucking cinema gold. It's, it's the, it's the every time Chet gets mentioned, it's like fucking Chet. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think um, is it Anguri Rice or something that plays his daughter? Yeah, I think she's really good in it as well. Like I don't, I don't like children generally. No, but I think she's really good in it. So moving that's not just in films either. That's just generally. So moving on from one Ty Simpkins film to another one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's the kid at the start, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Insidious, The Red Door, is the fifth Insidious movie. Uh, this one's directed by Patrick Wilson. I believe we predicted that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. 
that he'd end up directing the next one, and he did. Written by Scott Teams, uh, with a story by uh, Lee Winnell. Stars Ty Simpkins, Patrick Wilson, uh, Rose Byrne turns up for it for like a scene, and other people are there. She's in it for more than a scene. She's in that whole section at the end. Two scenes, maybe. She's not in it a lot. So what's it about? Let's have a look. Insidious 5. I mean, it's literally called on IMDb Insidious 5 rather than Insidious the Red Door. The Lamberts must go deeper into the further than ever before to put their demons to rest once and for all. No. Not even what it's about. No, not slightly. No. So, Dalton... He's now an edgy artist kid, and he's gone to he's gone to college, hasn't he? And he draws a door, and what would you have it? Gets him back at the further, and he starts remembering shit. Things happen. Mm. Someone gets kicked in the dick. <laughs> Becky, no, Ian, because Ian's not spoken for a while. <laughs> Ian, what did you think to Insidious: The Red Door? I think it's lovely that people like Patrick Wilson and they want to help Patrick Wilson by being in a Patrick Wilson film. He seems like a good guy. He seems guy. like a good guy. Rose Byrne is only doing Insidious 5 because it's being directed by her friend. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And I, Yeah, I thought it was interesting. A lot of horror films deal with, as Jamie Lee Curtis says, trauma. And... Um, I thought that the way that they've pivoted this from being scary to being a drama about a family dealing with repressed shit was interesting. I'm not I'm I'm not going to say it was a banger at all. And it could have done it could have done with actually being scary. But it was kind of a more interesting film than I thought it was going to be. And it kind of made sense why Patrick Wilson wanted to direct it. Um, apparently, like in the making of it, like Jason Blum was like, no, mate, this needs to be scarier. And they did reshoots to kind of like add a couple of sequences. And I'm kind of thinking like, if you take a couple of sequences out of this film, it is, it is barely a horror film. Yeah, it is, it is more a, a mental health. Yeah, drama. yeah. But I thought that was it was interesting. The better element. It was interesting that it was obviously more concerned with that. Um, also, I like the fact that it just painted going to a liberal arts college as just like you don't want to be there. Who the fuck wants to be there? No fucker. I don't know. Your, your teacher like slags you off and makes you quit the first day because you have a particular style she doesn't vibe with. I felt very sorry for that guy. It looks too real. Yeah, but if he just if he just ripped his picture up, should have been it'd have been fine. But it's not like she's yeah I I, I I yeah I I don't know I don't know. It's like you work really hard to get to that place, and your teacher's like fuck you. I don't like your work. Oh, but. I like your work. You, you've 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 drawn a picture of a face. I don't know. Sorry, I'm not really making sense. I liked Insidious: The Red Door more than I thought I was going to. Patrick Wilson, little bit one note. There's a little bit too much shit going on in the background that you then realise is happening in the background, and then the thing happens. Um, 
And also thought it was funny that the the way he displayed text messages was the person on the left and then me and then their message, his message. And it was like, you don't need to say me. We get it. That's you. (laughs) That's Insidious the Red Door. What did you guys think? What do you think, Bex? Just on the mobile phone bit where he's in the car and he's texting Dalton. I did quite that. That what I like about them, I think, especially one, two, and this one, is they all feel like real humans. I yeah, because they're connected. Out the, the middle two. Yeah, four, uh, three, and four are. Yeah. They're connected to the Lin Shay cinematic yeah, universe. Yeah, they're not. They're not the. But not the yeah Lambert bit. Um, apart from some in there anyway. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, they they feel like real humans and Patrick Wilson's reaction when he has the three dots and then they go away is so fucking relatable when you're waiting for a message from somebody and, and you, you've got three dots and it's like but oh, it's both it's that. believable but then also you've got that thing coming towards the car in the background, the background yeah. and yeah. I, re- I really liked how it was like this just yeah, man, when you're waiting for someone to send a text, like that kind of vibe, but then with the what's going to happen in the background, that 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 was cracking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I loved this. I, 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 so we saw Mission Impossible the night before we saw Insidious, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to call back to what we were saying, I, I was quite disappointed with, with Mission Impossible. Really liked it, but quite disappointed. Where, so with this, I was a bit like, shit, am I going to have like two where I'm quite disappointed? What if Insidious isn't good? And and I'm, I'm just really fucking glad I enjoyed it as much as I did. I think the father-son kind of stuff, like you take all the further stuff out of the equation, you know, that, that does happen. Marriages break down, people drift apart, fathers and sons drift apart. Like you could take all the supernatural shit and it's just a very human drama movie. Hmm. But that isn't why it's happening. And it's it's just I just think it's really good. Um by way of kind of like it from an outsider's looking in's point of view, no one's gonna view what's happened to that family as weird. Yeah. Um the development of his picture as well, of the door as it goes on. Really enjoyed that. It's a door, then it's a door that's red, then it's a door that's red and there's a weird lumpy face in front of it. And that lumpy face gradually becomes... That realisation that it's Patrick Wilson. And the fact that you kind of twig onto that. But, like, quite Mm. quickly after, they do as well. But it's almost like you kind of realise almost like the same time, or at least I did. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. I did, yeah. And it's, it's, it's obviously... It's a representation of him obviously gradually remembering because his trigger has been this teacher um, getting him to kind of delve into his subconscious and stuff like that, whereas Patrick Wilson's trigger is getting fucked up by an MRI machine. And they're, they're both kind of gradually remembering separately. And I, I, I just, I just thought, I, I loved it. I just really liked it. Good. Could have done with some more further stuff and I could have done with some more 
creepiness. I think the first two, well, all, all four of the previous ones do the further stuff really well and you get some really good creepy imagery from that. Whereas I don't think you get as much of that in this mm. one. No, and I think it's quite, if you, what you're saying, for him, you know, I, I didn't know that, 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 uh, that actually reshoots because it wasn't kind of horror enough mm. for, the, for the franchise. That kind of makes sense. The movie that Patrick Wilson's made, he isn't interested in the further. Like, ow. And I'm kind of like that because I'm not anymore. Mm. Um, there's another four movies where they're in the further. I know, but that is kind of what links them all. That's fine, but I, I think it had about the, the inappropriate amount of the further, maybe even too much. Um, because there's only so much walking around in mist no, and seeing shit jumping out. No, but it's not just that, is it? It's, it's other people that are also trapped in the further yeah, that's fine, and, and then I, they're like tableaus and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm just not... That, I, I, I quite like the, the, the building the, the building blocks of it. Mm. Uh, and everything tying together. I think, I think they do, they've done this quite well in the Insidious movies where they've gone back to a previous movie and had something that's happened in there and gone, right, how do we now fit this into yeah. here? So that then links in with this story. I love how, how interlinked they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it just, it's just like throwing Easter eggs at you. Yeah. Mm. I, love it. Um, I liked the fact that when, like the, uh, when Dalton's in the further and, um, Alex? What's she called? Chris. Chris, yeah. Um, he's sat with him and obviously like the cause he, he, he's an empty vessel and they're coming for him. And the 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 some of the stuff that's coming from for the from the further is the pets from chapter three. Alright. So yeah. Like oh, that's that. interesting. That was good. Obviously didn't remember that but I've watched it for a while. Mm. I've watched them quite recently. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, it's I had a better time than I was expecting. Mm. It's too long. Y- yeah. Mm. It, you know, it's and it's not even that long. It's about an hour forty-five. Mm. I, see, I don't agree with you. On, I think you can cut ten minutes out of it. Yeah, I d- it should be longer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm with Mark on that one, but uh, uh, Bex, I mean, like it's it's just it, it, it's your vibe, isn't it? You you could you could wallow in it, and that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it it would have to be longer with the right stuff. I think if it, if it was longer, but it was adding scary stuff, that would be what it would need, not more soul searching stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. So sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also really like the fact that because it is so far removed from the first ones, the kids are the same actors from the first ones. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like they all were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, I just think that's really like, again, it they feel there's less, um, there's nothing to take you out of it. They feel like the same family from the first one because they fucking all are. Yeah, I like the fact that I would. Like the fact that Ty Simpkins appears to actually be a good actor as a a grown up. Yeah, there is a worry sometimes where child actors can actually be a little bit. Not that great as grown ups. They're real lucky he hasn't grown up ugly as well. Yeah, because that's always a risk. You know, he's a he's, he's a good looking man, isn't he? He's got he's got very impressive hairline. Very good hair. Yeah. I don't know. He could have stood to have his hair cut, as far as I'm concerned. Fucking hippie. <laughs> yeah, I do sound like a corporate stooge. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not sure. I, I, I had a good enough time with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely not shit. Thought it was solid. Yeah, definitely not shit for me. Loved it. Our audience poll, definitely not shit, 25%. Shit, 25%. And Geostorm, 50%. Well, fuck yo. <laughs> so, Ian. Hmm. Do we have any 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 feedback? We do. And bless them, because we never say filmbastards at gmail.com anymore. And no. yet. <laughs> um, so, first off, let's have... A voicemail from a Mr. Noel Meller. Hello, film bastards. It's Noel here, your occasional comic book and transforming robot correspondent. Um, I just wanted to send you a quick note, as this is uh, episode 500 of the podcast. Uh, So first and foremost, congratulations. You did it uh, against all the odds. I think um, the concept of a straight-to-streaming sequel to 35mm Heroes, I think that's... Is that fair? I think that was always a difficult sell, but you did it, you managed it. Um, I think particularly after that show, um, 35mm Heroes ended in such controversy as well. I mean, you know, I think they all said that, that at that point Ian Loring was finished and, and would never work in podcasting again. Uh, and it's all credit to you, Mark. You came in, you were brave enough to uh, to agree to work with him and put all of those allegations aside. Um, and I think the results have, have spoken for themselves. Uh, the podcast started strong as Dude and a Monkey. Uh, and then I think getting Becky in and uh, rebranding, <clears throat> you're welcome, uh, film bastards. I think that was a great move. It's it's uh, it's added a whole new dynamic to the show, and it's it's great to have uh, seen that develop from from the beginning, and occasionally be a part of it as well. Um, whether that's live or and in person at different things, or just you know old school on Skype. Um, so so yeah, that's been great to see. So all joking aside, congratulations. You are still one of my favourite podcasts. Uh, you 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 make that cut of being on the list of podcasts that I'm happy to see download uh, new downloads arrive in my app. Um, you're not one of the ones that I put on at night to fall asleep to. Um, you know, I do I do look forward to every episode, and I do look forward to getting insight on films that I either will see or won't see, uh, or you know. Films where I can can be convinced either way. Uh, you are the guys that I go to for that. Um, so yeah, congratulations. Keep up the good work, and uh, here's to another five hundred, as they say. And that was Noel. Now, Noel brought up allegations from my past, <laughs> and um, it's it's amazing how you can delete things from the internet. Like, I mean, it's really hard, but we've managed to do that. But all I will say is that monkey was like that when I got there. Everything was legal. (laughs) I don't know what happened before. I don't know what happened after. I opened the door. It was there. I closed the door. Nothing else needs to be said. 
I, I, I never believed him ever. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for that, for that, Noel. Uh, we, yeah. Always nice to get nice words. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have written feedback from, uh, from yeah, you know, uh, actually a, a, a few people, which is really, really nice. Um, and, uh, Noel, don't talk about that incident again. Andrew Jones. Salutations and congratulations, dude, monkey, and sanity, in brackets, Bex. 500 bloody episodes. How many years are we, talk- are we talk- talking you talking here? A decade? It's a scary passage of time, ain't it? Jacob Tremblay probably couldn't even say more than a few words when you began. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... All these years, and you've seen mega highs, ultra lows, and multiple times witnessed the death of cinema, and yet you've still got new releases to discuss on a new near-weekly basis. What resonates most to me as a listener is how outside the bullshit you are, yet still widely aware of what matters and what's just noise. Having spent so long in the landscape of a metropolitan community, the London film critic bubble, it was always healthy to check in on what actually resonates beyond LA, uh, London, New York, and the stupid buzz to hear from you folk when news drops or when a film finally comes out isn't as the best film ever as a festival crowd had screamed whilst in their sunny locales getting freebies from outlets or distributors. In the time since, losing touch of everything and during the times when nobody could be together in person, keeping tabs on the outside world and keeping up with friends became easy through film bastards. Your togetherness in a time when we were all apart was a lifeline. Your humour and detailed contemplations on cinema, not from a snobbish perspective, but from an understanding as human, the way something feels more so than how it's meant to be, engaged me more so than any other film discussion, podcast, show, magazine. I did not listen or read any film opinions beyond casual letterbox scrolling of friends in this podcast, which says a damn lot. May you spend more t- lifetime together cinema, uh, talking cinema and art and culture and how it impacts your lives and how your lives impact what you choose to watch. That's the flow of the universe through us all and discussing it every week remains the most exciting hit of dopamine in my podcast feeds. Thank you for everything and congratulations on a tremendous milestone. May Digimon Honsune and Journey Smollett smile <laughs> upon thee this day. All the love and respect to your ardent fan, Andrew. Um... Bloody lovely, Andrew. Thank you for that. Yeah, was. I think I'm just very quick before we go to the next one. What I will say is, I think genuinely, over, we've had a lot of highlights of the, the podcast over the the, the first five hundred episodes um, and the first eleven years getting on to. But I think the amount of sort of when we've caught up with people post like the past couple of years and the amount of kind of feedback we've had over it that those couple of years where everything was a little bit weird the amount of people that have come to us and said, you know, having the podcast on a weekly basis with the way that you guys dealt with it was was a bit of comfort and a bit mm. of a lifeline uh, for that, especially people who were isolating on their own uh, as bits there. Um, you know, we were, between the three of us, we were lucky enough to be isolating with, with, with family around us. Mm. Uh, there was people who weren't, who didn't have that. And that, that was always like, right, that's actually... You know, in a weird way, it was quite an important thing that we, you know, we had just knowing that you helped people through something. It was a really fucking tough time for people. It, it's quite, it's quite hearting for that. Yeah. Well, I think because we could have just kept it pro and only spoken about movies, but I think we did talk about the 
world at large. And yeah. I think was that, that a little therapy? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. I think having people going, having people listening to that going, yeah, do you know what? It, it, that there is this small trivial thing, but the, the, a lot of the time it, it's the it's the whole I, I, when there's like there's anything like entertainment or anything like that built around. I would go back to a, a weird like Jurgen Klopp quote, <laughs> and it's the he says about football that football is the most important unimportant thing in the world. See? Mm. It's like it's actually not that important, but it really fucking is. <laughs> and there's elements of that to, to to what we do. Just to just to um. That, that email's just reminded me. I, I did want to mention um, when we were doing the Insidious review. Um, you know, it, it is, obviously, with, with the youth of today and their short attention spans, it is easy to kind of predict the death of cinema as a medium. And I, I did want to mention, as part of the Insidious thing, our screening was fucking full Packed, yeah. of kids. Not kids, kids, teenagers. And it... I, it, it sat there as old people surrounded by a bunch of teenagers especially for something like a horror movie we probably were the oldest people oh yeah easily yeah it's easy to go ah shit this this is going to be a fucking chaotic screening but they were all with the exception of one girl who started sort of talking to the person sat next to her toward the end they were all very well behaved Mm. and it, it was just really nice to see like the next generation kind of packing out this cinema screening mm. I, it, it actually made me feel kind of like quite emotional like well, unsurprisingly for people who go to the cinema a lot of the worst people in a cinema nowadays well, yeah. are um, blonde women over the age of 60 yeah and it, it, like further very entitled Further from that, I, I booked my Oppenheimer ticket yesterday. Um, I'm unable to go opening night now because Donna is going to a preview night of the new secret cinema, uh, which is <laughs> fucking bananas. Um, <laughs> I do love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna is going to Birmingham with a few of her friends for a, a Greece secret cinema. Oh, nice. And it, it cost fuck all. Um, so, like, because it's a preview night, um, and yeah, fair play. So, I'm going twenty past eleven on the Saturday. It comes of the weekend. It comes out morning, and I found it hard to get a decent seat at twenty past eleven in the morning. And yeah, okay, that film's three hours long, but between Oppenheimer and Barbie, cinemas are going to be fucking eating good next weekend. And that, and what a treat that is. So, mm. you know, we can't do opening night for Oppenheimer either, can we? We're going to work it out. I'm going to lay it so I don't finish work till nine o'clock. And uh, because it's three hours yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see Barbie twice. Yeah, she likes to see Barbie <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, friends asked me to go see it. Oh, uh, it. Guess, guessing it's not her husband's bag. Uh, did you guys see that like, little clippy trailery thing they put out, Just Ken? I've not watched it. I, I am now at the point where I don't want to watch any more Barbie things because the more I watch, the more it's worrying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is I, the one where he's in the hospital? No, it's a song. Have you seen that one? Oh, I've seen the what the trailer where he's just like, get me a doctor, I'm a doctor. It's like, no, a doctor's blah, 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 like that. or. Oh, I don't know. It's just the one where he's like, in the time we were talking, you're actually now completely healed. Oh, no, I haven't oh. seen that. Oh, no, that's, that's a new cinematic trailer. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh okay. shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got, I've got a good feeling about Barbie. I don't have a good feeling about the fact that Greta Gerwig is apparently Nate's directing two Narnia films for Netflix. Oh no, the 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 the, the bound back Gerwig household love taking that sweet Netflix get, cash and why that not? That can get in the fucking bin, Narnia. Yeah, it just yeah, I just fucking just posh British kids fucking twatting mm. about. Um, eh, nope, but. That would more feedback. Anyway, Andrew, thank you for that. That was a really lovely email. Thank you. Uh, Rick Kidd. Hi, folks. He has got a question as well. <laughs> okay, we'll do the email then the question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do the email then the question. Hi, folks. Hope you're well. 500 shows. That's seriously impressive. Not forgetting all the Patreon shows too. Very few podcasts have lasted as long or have been as regular. You're fucking right, Rick. And we demand more respect. Um, a lot has happened in that time. Ian became a father. Yeah, that's true. Fucking hell. Yep. She's 10 in December. Um, uh, he also committed to physical media and then committed to digital media and vice versa about 100 times. Although I think that seems to have settled down. And none of you fuckers really know which way I've landed. Um, Mark has continually shown his dedication to watching and rewatching bad films. And Becky has consistently told him he's an idiot for doing so. Good. You are an idiot. He is an idiot. He's our idiot. (laughs) The podcast has evolved from being one dude with his monkey in the dude in the monkey days. Thanks. uh, To the current trio of bastards in the film bastards era. We, the bastards in the audience, have come through a global pandemic together. It's been a lot of laughs and here's to 500 more. Thanks for all the fun, Rick. Rick, you are a gent and a scholar. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. His question was, if you were putting on a Film Bastards 500 film festival, what three films would you each contribute to the program? Christ. These could be your favourites, films you want everyone to see, or just complimentary to the other selections. Free feel to go wild. Oh, God. All right, Sunshine. Can I go first? Sorry. Yeah, we can go first. Sorry, Bax, go on. Uh, Yes, please. They Live. They live. Blade Runner. So we've got They Live, Blade Runner, Sunshine. They Live, Blade Runner, Willy's Wonderland. And Willy's <laughs> Wonderland. <laughs> Willy's, Willy's Wonderland's your midnight movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, that might have to go into my top ten, you know. Like if I'm if I'm actually honest with myself, that might have to go in my top ten movies. Uh, pop star never stop, never stopping. Oh, nice. <laughs> And then you got you got to throw out a classic, haven't you? That, like I feel like one of them has to be a classic. Yeah. It's just no, that's a boring choice because it's like one of my favourite films as well. Um, Blowout. Ooh, Fair. That's good. Yeah. Sunshine. Blowout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What am I? I mean, hot tub time machine has to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be in the hot tub screen. In the <laughs> hot tub yeah, everybody in the it same hot tub, yeah. No, just loads, just like little boots. Are just basically nah, everybody in the same hot tub, just one big hot Everyone tub. Yeah, so hot just, tub just time machine, but in the hot tub screen. Viewer soup. Yeah. Uh, num 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 num. And then for my. My kind of serious one. Okay. It's going to be True Romance. Fair. Um, Super serious. And then uh, my my kind of like midnight or 2am movie. Mm-hmm. If yours, I mean, Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. And Ian's having pop stars never stop, never stopping. 
Uh, mine's going to be Purple Rain. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Nice. I would go to that festival. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, so there we go. Do we have any more feedback? Or you know, no, that? we do. We do. We've got two more, baby. Nice. So, John Anderson. Uh, hi, guys. I wanted to congratulate you all on reaching your 500th episode. I've listened since the very beginning and greatly enjoy every episode. I can honestly say it feels like listening to friends of mine and you've been a companion in good and bad times in my life. Here's the next 500. All the best. John Anderson at Lynotjohn AFC. John, thank you very much, bud. Thank you very much, John. What a treat. Thank you. What a treat. And lastly, Restrepo! <laughs> John McGrath. And he's got some questions. Ooh. 500 apps, guys. That's some going. Congrats. Can't really say more than well done. It's something to be proud of and keep it up. You can say more, George. We're friends. Fucker. I need you guys weekly 150 minute stream of consciousness to help with my. Oh, no. Well, he said conciseness. 150 minute stream of conciseness to help with my own sanity. Is. I think he means, I think he means consciousness because like 150 minutes of conciseness concise. feels yeah, yeah. um <laughs> sorry Todd a um, couple of a couple of questions for the show a couple would be two not the three you have listed here sorry that was <laughs> sorry <laughs> Poor George. yeah I know sorry George calling out his spelling calling out his wording <laughs> Restrepo. right <laughs> When you guys hit the thousand ep mark, because you will, do you think podcasting will look different than it does now? For us, probably not. <laughs> yeah, everyone else will be using some like fancy shit, and we'll still just be sat. Yeah. Using Skype. We'll be we'll, we'll be the last <laughs> podcast that fucking isn't generated by AI. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll have an Apple Vision headset on. Just going, guys, come on. Come on, like get 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 your headsets on, and you two will be like, we don't have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Definitely, and we'll be we'll all be broadcasting from like bunkers under the ground because AI will have taken over the the surface. <laughs> yeah, and this week's sponsor is Skynet. <laughs> We'd like to sweet Skynet once again welcome our overlords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay second question within the time you've been involved in the film discussion slash criticism scene is there anything you'd have liked to do that you never did or something that you would have done differently I I would like to have gone to um, one of the like big big kind of like overseas film festivals yeah Um, which one which one Probably Southwest. South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah that or, would be or mm. uh, I would like to have done cans. It just seems a little bit circle jerky. Yeah, uh, but I'd like to have done. Something I'd like, like to that. go to fucking LFF. I've never been to that. Yeah. The only film festival I've ever been to is that Grimfest one that yeah. Noel helped on. Let's like have done have done something like that. Turns of anything different. I did get best director at that. You though. did get best director yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got that. Yeah, you do. It's in our kitchen cupboard. Is it really? 
Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a picture later. Do you know what? I, I made a really good film with Amada. Yeah, yeah, you did make a really good film. Yeah. I love the fact that you accepted that <laughs> art as well and went up to collect it. I did, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know that, it was at Grimfest where they did the awards and a mayor won best director, but obviously the directors for a mayor weren't there. So, yeah, who was though? So, so, so Noel suggested that you go up and collect no, it. No, it was because I won. I won a competition you for the a... most check-ins. Yeah, that was it. Never got my Walking Dead, dead graphic novels either. I think you did. No, I don't think I did. I think you did. Fair to we did. I would still have them. Yeah, I think we did. But yeah, so the winner got to go and accept the best director <laughs> award. Yeah, and you, you, you give a speech. So, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything you'd have done different here? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, because all roads lead to now when I'm perfectly happy where I am. So, you know, which is a, I don't know, it's a nice way of looking at it. Um, I don't know. The thing is, a lot of people at film festivals are fucking twats. Mm. Like, there's a lot. I, yeah, I suppose, if anything, maybe I kind of wish I realised early on that, like a lot of the world, there's a lot of people in the film-liking community who are bellends, and realising that at an earlier point would have been great. I'm glad, you know, talking earlier on about, like, deciding not to be a film... Like, try, try to be a film critic. I'm glad... Because there's a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, there's a few people I met in my Eat, Sleep, Live film times who were twats. Um, and I wouldn't like to be like them. Like, I'm perfectly happy where we are. I really, really like where we're at, where we've never had amazing success. And the reason why we do this is because we like talking to each other. And if other people yep. want to listen to that, that that that's great. Um, I yeah yeah no, I'm I'm really really very happy with my life right now, and I don't think I would have really chosen a single different thing. To to be fair, I mean even though I will, I mean LFF last year, a lot of the time I was by myself because I didn't I, I didn't know a lot of people, but the people that I did spend time with, I really fucking treasured that time i had a catch up with uh andrew jones i had a catch up with uh listener of the show john lovely dude hi john and um i it would it, it, yeah it would i yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change a thing yeah i had a um a weird thing at work about a month or so ago um where one of the girls that i that worked with me, her, she at uni, um, she was doing, she does like prop, she did prop making. Um, and so she'd, she'd said that she'd been, she'd been making like this prosthetic leg thing, uh, this like severed leg thing, as like part of her dissertation with this severed leg thing. And she sort of went, went oh, you know, um, Alan, don't you? And I was like, Alan, I, I know Alan. And she's like, Alan. I was like, uh, maybe. She's like, he does. He 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 works with like Dominic Brunt. Does all like the the makeup effects on his films. Like, I do know Alan. Yeah, didn't know he was called Alan though. 
Uh, so, but I do know him. I know who you mean. Um, I didn't know it was called Alan. Fair. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, you listen to your podcast. I'm like, all right. So, hi, Alan, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, fucking, that, that's weird. And she was talking about, about the podcast. I was like, that's kind of thrown me a little bit. <laughs> I, but, I mean, it, it's... And, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting a bit deep here. But it's like, all the choices I made up until the time Lottie was born, I wouldn't change a... Well, I suppose if at the time Lottie was conceived, I suppose, I wouldn't change a bit of that because that's... You know, it's like in uh, Watchmen where, uh, like, Dr. Manhattan realises that, like, she was a miracle because, like... Um, what's her name was a miracle because she was only like it was a one in like a whatever billion chance that she would be there and it's almost like you know i I don't know i don't want to get too graphic or anything but you know any of my choices up in my life up to the point that lottie was conceived would likely mean that lottie would not be here there might be another kid here but it wouldn't be lottie lottie's here she's the best she's a challenge occasionally a pain in the bum but she's Lottie and she's my daughter so like all of my film critic aspirations came before that point so I don't regret any of that shit because she's here you know and then after that it's all been you know it, it, it's all been the podcast you know so yeah, yeah. Sorry, that 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 that's what. And you know, deeply, that's why I mean that I I don't regret that stuff because I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't have this family, and it's the only family I want. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying. I I, I I never had aspirations to do film critics as a a job. Mm. Uh, Takes the fun out of it. It's like when you start doing. Oh, I really love this hobby. I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue it as a career, and then you end up hating it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I genuinely think I would have hated it. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, was there a third? Yeah, you did have a third said. question. Sorry. Um, let me just get that back up. Which Tom Cruise? Okay, this is not as deep. Which Tom Cruise do you prefer? Eighties, nineties Cruise, or twenty first century Cruise? Twenty first century Cruise with a bullet. 21st century cruise. Yeah. That was easy. Yeah. I think 80s cruise was good. I think 90s cruise wasn't that great. Mm. Um, and then you have the, you know, he made actually some genuinely great movies in the. I suppose, yeah, things like, you know, when he was doing things like Magnolia, bits like that. Mm. Uh, good. But I think the cruise we've got now, I think, is the best cruise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, the, the one-man cinema machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's great the fact that he's got this, he's got this relationship with Christopher McQuarrie where they are just, they're very much a team that kind of get each other. And, you know, him saying, I don't want to make movies anymore where he's not involved in some way. You know, he's got his boy and they're going to go together and yeah. I think that's kind of it's going to be really interesting what where that goes mm. you know even outside of just the Mission Impossible movies yeah yeah 
Nice. Was that, was that the last one? Uh, it was indeed. Thank you very much, yeah. folks. We weren't... It's just the fact we weren't even really soliciting for it and people took the fucking time. That genuinely moved by that. Thank you. Yes. Right. Uh, so, as is customary, Ian, what, what are we covering next week? I mean, genuine, what the fuck are we covering next week? Guys, I've got no fucking idea. So... <laughs> I had a look. It's like there's nothing. There's not like even like a stealth release out. Uh, so it is because Mission Impossible was supposed to be Friday, but they they Friday, pulled yeah. it forward yeah. so they could get more IMAX time before Oppenheimer. So, hmm. um, which is to benefit for this show. Um, I feel like maybe a potential catch up show where we maybe look at a couple of things that we haven't reviewed yet. Might be in order. Yeah, I think we can. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, we'll 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 talk off mic. We'll let we'll let it be a surprise. Maybe there'll there'll, def, there'll be a show next week. Oh, yeah. But legit, no idea what we'll talk about. But we'll find something for fucking sure. Yeah. Bird box Barcelona. That won't be bird box Barcelona. <laughs> I'm actually going to have a look and see what it is out on that. Is it just Bird Box Barcelona? That's the release on Friday for um, Netflix, yeah. Fucking hell. Everyone was running scared of Mission Impossible. Yep. So, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. And then Barbenheimer will be the week after. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you very much, listeners. Um, 500 episodes. Let's fucking keep this fucking ship a-rolling. Ships don't roll. They, they don't. They don't. No. 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 Let's keep this fucking trainer fucking swimming. You're an idiot. Yeah. Rolling. 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 River. Rolling a river, there you fucking go. Yeah, and rolling in the deep by Adele. That's not as good as Credence, but no, not no. Adele music is piece shit. I always preferred Linkin Park's version of that. What than Adele's? Yeah. They've covered an Adele. Have you never heard? What is it? No. Just about to doing rolling the deep. It's really fucking good. Fair play. Yeah, search it out. I'm rolling in the deep. It's. Have you heard his reggaeton um, version of Nummy did that time once? <laughs> like a half joke bit. It's fucking great. Anyway, that was a weird ending to the episode. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Fuck you, Jason Wrightman. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.